Hey, hey, Talking Blue Notes fans, welcome back to another fantastic episode, episode number 10. Our, uh, that's a that's a big, big episode, 10 episodes through. Um, I guess we had a couple little bonus episodes in there, but yeah, this is uh, episode 10, the, the real deal. Uh, I'm Joe. Zach, what's going on with you, man? What's up, buddy? What's happening? Uh, yeah, we actually recorded episode 10 last week, and... Uh, uh, <laughs> Somebody, we had somebody some lost difficulties. Yeah, lost the audio during conversion. That's always wonderful. So this time we have a bit of a backup. We're recording on two different, like two different software pieces, so we'll be fine here. But it, other than that, dude, I'm happy. I'm in a good mood. Yeah, you're in a much better mood than when we did try our recording about a week ago. I uh, think it's better for the audience right now. Yes, that I agree. Didn't because I was in a pissed off mood that day and it was it was not good but yeah like dude the blues are on a winning streak yeah uh, i don't know if you call it a streak when it's only two hours when you've it. lost eight straight i think two is <laughs> a streak but like dude I, i'm so excited for today we have a lot we have a lot to get into today like really not not a ton but like just to figure out like where the blues are really at and then like i'm really excited for today's hall of fame segment which we kind of scrapped the one before that we were going to do. And yep. I'm glad we did because we have a really big Hall of Fame coming this week or on this episode. It's going to be really fun to do. Yeah. So we're recording uh, the tonight is Monday night, Tuesday morning release. Um, and uh, we are currently recording as the Blues game is going on. Uh, just hit our first commercial break. Um, so, yeah, we had a two week hiatus. Um, you know, we we were gonna try and record that again, but um, I just had a lot of stuff going on the past couple of weeks. Uh, I turned thirty. My wife turned thirty, so uh, yeah. yeah. At least you made it this far. It was a big weekend last weekend, big weekend this weekend, and um, yeah, we're we're on a roll. I'm on I'm on the other side. I start counting backwards now, right? Is that how it works? I think so. That's what I've been All doing. Right. Yeah, getting closer to twenty nine. I'm I'm happy about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your next important birthday is in 10 years yeah and then that's a scary important one yeah, yeah that, I mean, that for the most people that's uh over halfway through your life yeah people our age dude the way that we live now that's <laughs> we're like we're more than that through yeah right right 100 percent. all right let's dive into this um let's let's get to our uh weekly Lindenwood university line hold on hold on a minute oh I'm not letting you get away with Uh-oh. talking. We're not going straight into sports yet. I want to talk about a show that I've been watching recently that I have. Oh. I got into it last week. Like I'm talking like a week ago, Sunday. Yellowstone is the best show that's ever been made. 
It is fucking phenomenal. So I started watching this with my roommate, James, uh, about a week or yeah, last Sunday. We watched the entire series up until like, the first season, four like, seasons. Yeah, we watched the first four seasons in less than a week. And I was like, oh, when's the new season start? This was on Friday night. And then we looked it up and I was like, oh, my God, it starts Sunday. So I've like I caught up, watched the entire series in a whole week. And then Sunday, You're a madman. Two hour premiere last night. I mean, dude, you want to talk about a phenomenal show. Kevin Costner, never been one of my favorite guys to watch in movies. Never at all. Besides maybe Bull Durham. He was great in that movie, but he's a great dad. Cowboy, dude, he is. Everybody in this whole series is just absolutely psychotic. And I love it. Like it says something about me, but Rip Wheeler is the best character that's ever been made in TV. Rip is one of the best TV characters. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And uh, I'm wearing the flannel today. I'm I'm repping my cowboy gear. This is as cowboy as you're going to see me fucking get. But dude, what a what a phenomenal show and what a great premiere last night. It was glued to the TV for two and a half hours last night watching. You know, I watched the last episode of season four, even though I just watched it Friday, made sure that I saw the last part of it. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to forget anything. And then, I mean, just all kinds of curveballs coming, not going to spoil anything. But if you haven't seen Yellowstone yet, you have to go watch it. It's the best show. I think it's better than The Sopranos. I think it's just as good as Breaking Bad. Like, it's that good. So Yellowstone is a fantastic show. I I put it in for sure my top ten, possibly my top five. I don't know if I'd go as far as saying, like, three or even best show. But, um, yeah, I I do love Yellowstone. I can't remember it, so I know I've watched it. When when did season four come out? I guess you don't really know. Last year. It came out um, last year. I th- I think I'm caught up through season four, but I may have only done season three. Um, I know I watched it. It's been a minute. And and like I, I heard season five was coming out and I'm like, oh, shoot. But, you know, me and how I watch TV and uh, my whole episode and a half in of The Sopranos since we started. <laughs> yeah, how's that going? We started this podcast. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, I don't really watch too much TV. I mean, I really want to. I'm about to be uh, laid off for about a month in the winter, which I'm excited for. I'll get caught up on some TV and movies and stuff. But, oh, uh, yes. but yeah, I mean, I, hell no, because you're not good. Yeah, you're not getting paid. But I mean, I, hell I yeah, a little bit. I, I, I we're prepared for it. I'm looking forward to this layoff. <laughs> awesome. But but yeah, I, I just I'm terrible at watching TVs and movies. Um. This is the first show that I've I've legitimately watched that I've I've like been glued to it and like in like I'm ensconced in every character every character like dude Beth the like the daughter is and she's awesome too like and, and of course her and Rip are together spoiler oh, alert. Yeah. that's the only yeah. spoiler I'll give but like it just makes me like I want to go buy a fucking horse now I want to go live on a fucking ranch in Montana. It's a I'm lot more. Go. It's a lot more work than the uh, glitz and glamour that is in uh, Hollywood. Yeah, brother. Yeah, I'm out. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I just did. I didn't want. I did not want to let, want to let you get away with that uh, before we get into sports talk. And then also, it kind of a precursor to our all in or dump and change, bro. Playing golf in Missouri after like October fifteenth is awful. It is the worst. Ah, that's up for debate. The weather is so hit and miss. Like, so okay, you so you played golf last Friday, right? This past Friday, that was the first day in like a 
four month span that it's been below. Of course it was. Like it was the day that I picked it. Like we we booked it like two days beforehand. And my buddy Corey's like, we have to go. Like I was like, it's too it dude, it was 30 degrees when we teed off. It was so, so cold. So me and you, we we uh talked about playing golf Friday and I was totally down. I w- I would have even played in that 30 degree weather. Um but uh, unfortunately, or you could say fortunately for me, I was surprised for my birthday with a little uh, golfing treat myself. I got to play the, uh, I think it's called like Stadium Links or like Upper yep. upper Deck Golf. Yeah, like um, the Upper Deck Classic. The Upper Deck Golf thing at Bush Stadium. That's my wife, very fortunate for you. That's awesome. My wife surprised me and uh, set it up with me, my brother-in-law, and two of our buddies um, to go out and play that at nine o'clock in the morning on Friday morning. It was one of the coldest things I've ever experienced in my life being up on that top deck in 30 degree weather when the wind, the wind is wind like is when you get up above like 40 or 50 apart. feet. Yeah. It like the wind just hits different up there. It was the same dude. And like the longest clubs that they had there was um like a nine iron. So you couldn't and bring your own. You could, but the, they, they would only allow you to bring in uh, up to like a nine or an eight iron or something. And like one of the holes said, like adjusted for um, elevation and everything, it was like 135 yard or 141 yards or something. And I'm like, normally, yeah, that's a, that's about a full nine iron for me. Like but in the cold, that's like a, that's a seven or an eight. In the cold, and then the wind against your face, dude. I was puring this nine iron, and it was getting like hardly anywhere there. Like a pure nine iron for me, sometimes I can rip it out to 150. 141 without a question and and this was not even getting close to the green so i'm like this is ridiculous but then on the other hand i would you know flip up like a 56 degree that they would have there from the other side of the stadium and it would go like straight across it would just roll and roll and roll when it got there so i mean but but in all honesty like i i will say like that was one of the coolest experiences i've ever done like not something that I would seek out to go and do again. Uh, my my brother-in-law was kind of ribbing me on saying that. He's like, would you do this again? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if, like, one of my other friends asked me or something. He's like, oh, not if I asked you or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, yeah. I met my brother-in-law. That's what I meant to say. Right, yeah. But, no, I'm saying, like, if, if somebody asked me to do it, I'd probably do it again. But, like, I would never – I would probably never go and, like, seek out to do it again just because it's, like – that's, like, a once-in-a-lifetime thing and, like – you know, it's, it's a little gimmicky, but it was super cool. I mean, it's essentially top golf, but you get to play it in like the one of the baseball meccas. Yes. Like it, it's kind of cool. Like I, I think that was awesome. And I, you, I think you might know the guy. Brennan Nelson was another guy that. I oh yeah, we, I know him. Yeah, we played baseball growing up together, and he, I saw the pictures of him doing it, and I was like, that just seems so fucking awesome, dude. Like it just seems like a cool experience. You know what it reminds me of, kind of, is like. It's like going to the Winter Classic. The Winter Classic is super gimmicky, super uncomfortable. Like no matter what time, no matter pretty much where, if you're not in Vegas or in Arizona, which they're probably not going to ever do it there. Uh, oh yeah. Well, they'll do it in Vegas. Okay, they're not going to do it in Arizona though. Uh, but like it's it's really cool to go to. But you're like, would you ever do this again? You're like, probably not. Because like the one in 2017 was really uncomfortable rainy cold windy. are you talking about the one here yeah dude that was one of the most glorious days of my life dude it, i mean it was awesome 
don't get me wrong. Like it was, it was an awesome day. Like, but I'm, I don't know if I would do that again. That like foggy mist. Oh, I would do it again in a heartbeat. That was, that was incredible. That foggy mist. Like, dude, the pictures I have from that, like I was sitting, I had like surprisingly decent seats for how cheap I got them. Like I was, uh, kind of like behind home plate, behind home plate and first base, like yeah, yeah, yeah. right side and like a way, way up. But it was so cool, like that foggy mist and just looking down at that white field and like all the like setups and everything they had. That was such a cool thing. Uh, did did you go to the Winter Classic? I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't know each other at the time, but um, way up. Yeah, I was pretty high up too. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm sorry, I kind of hijacked your golf story. No, 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 no. I was just gonna. No, I'm. I don't want to give it all away, but I'm just gonna say I played really well because we played at the Links of Dardine, and it's. I mean, it's almost impossible to miss fairways there. Let's be honest. Like the fairways are so wide. Uh, there's a couple. I think like whole. I think it's like hole four or hole six. There's a really tight, tight, tight fairway. Actually, no. I'm I'm lying. Hole two is really tight. The one with hold, the power lines. Hold the power lines on the left yeah, side. Yeah, on and, the left side. Yeah. And you know what I do every single time at that course is I blow it into the number one's fairway. Yeah. And, that, and then I you got to go for that line of trees. Yeah, and it's it's not that bad. Like we, I mean, I I stopped counting my score because we were doing a two v one. So my friend Corey, uh, Corey Sharf, shout out, free shout out for you, bud. Um, he's like, oh well, you and James can do a two v one against me. Like you can do a scramble against me. And I was like, I was like, dude, you're way too confident. You think that we're that bad? And he was like, no, but I know you're not good. And I was like, okay, all right. We smoked them. We yeah. were, I think we were up. We were four up like through six holes. I, right. And I was like, I told you, Corey, you're not that good. Like if you were like a scratch golfer, you would probably give yourself a decent chance. Cause we were, I mean, I, for some reason I learned how to putt like without, I mean, I haven't practiced at all. You know, my practice is playing. That yeah. is my practice. And you know, we were, I, I sunk a birdie putt off hole one sunk a, so we hit it into the fairway. James punches out. From my, like on my tee shot, he punches out through the trees, right up on the green, chip in to about that far. So chipped in, oh, or, or ch- chipped, 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 on, chipped onto the green to about a foot, gave Cat it to us. Corey far. three, Corey three putts Oof. after getting there in two. So we, and and then from there it was just like I think hole three is the par five, like the first part or no, hole three a is a par three. three. Yeah. yeah, it's a par three. We birdied that one. Five and, and, and then par, par five. the par five on hole four. Five. The, or yeah, five, whatever it was. I don't, I don't fucking know, but we, bur- we birdied that one. And he, I think he bogeyed it. And I was like, yeah, dude, like you're, you can't, you can't go two V one when you're, uh, you're at a nine to 10 on your, on a good day. I mean, he's nine, a nine to 10 handicap. Yeah. He's, he's good. Like, I'm that's, not gonna lie. He's, he's pretty good, decent. but, but like when you put me, he doesn't hit long, like he hits shorter than we do. So I was like, well, you're already losing like 30 yards off the tee against one of us. Cause we're both like James is a baseball player and I golf every now and then, but James can fucking smash the ball. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, a, it was a really good round, but man, I can't stand playing in the fucking cold. I was freezing my dick off like by whole, we finished the, the whole eight, we finished the whole 18, but it was darker than hell. And on whole 18, we had the marvelous, marvelous idea to do like the random club challenge oh nice so we did, like hey siri pick a number between one and 13 
And every time we hit the ball, we were like, oh, I don't know where that went. So we were just dropping balls in the fairway and then just hitting from there. And then we ended with speed golf. Like we all dropped at the same point after the third shot. And so we were and like, whoever could hole out. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of like ended on a fun note, but it was it was really fun. It was a good time, though. Yeah. I, I anytime I'm ever with like a group like I, next time I golf with you, we need to try and do that. Um, Anytime I'm ever with a group like I've like brought it up a couple times and everybody's like, nah, I don't want to What do the that. random club challenge. Yeah. Like or, yeah. Or something like a speed goal, anything like that. Yeah. That'd be it helps me because like I, I go short all the time with everything. So like and, and I'm like, oh, I get a hybrid from 150. I could just chip that motherfucker up there and it'd choke be fine. down. Half yeah. Swing. Choke down, get a little half swing. You're good to go. Uh, but yeah, I didn't mean to hijack that with the whole golf story. But yeah, it was just, it was a good time. A little precursor to my all in or dump and change, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I played a. I, I will throw one of my. I played a couple rounds. Uh, I played a birthday round last weekend on Sunday, and then uh, Tuesday I had off for election day, and I played a round just me and my son. Just he hung well, out wait. with me the whole time. Yeah, you get off work for election day. Union baby, union workers, not all of them, but like my union, that's a that's a in our contract. We get off every even year for the bigger elections. We get off election day to go vote. Wow. Get out and vote people. Hope you all did. Did you vote? Yeah, I voted. Okay. Weed's legal now, baby. I'm part Man, of it. Dude, I I how does it take this long? for every state to just be like, Hey, like legalize marijuana. Now, like I, I used to be a big, I used to be a big weed guy, not anymore, but dude, like the amount of tax money that the state is going to get off of this is insane. Like that's, I, th- I think the whole problem with it is I think everybody's ready for it, but the whole problem with it is, is how, how much it's going to get taxed and how that tax money is going to be dispersed and used I, so here here's a theory i have i i, I might have brought this up on a podcast before but i want whenever i pay taxes like the way that you should pay taxes so like they should take your taxes out and put it in like an account right like through the end of the year whenever like at the end of the year the state should be like hey we have this much money where do you want it to go like, do you want it to go to police and fire? Do you want it to go to roads and all that stuff? All the citizens, you just divide it evenly between them. Like, I think, I think that would be because I want, I want receipts where my tax money is going. That's yeah. what I want. Because I, I've, I've probably paid ten grand in taxes over the last few years, and I have no idea where it's gone. Yeah. Like, I just, I would like to know where it's going. It's, it's a very ambitious and stupid idea on my, on my part, but I would love to know where my tax money's going. I think there's like ways that you can like really look all that up if you want to, but it's just so in depth and so far, like so many little, there's so much money and so many things that it's being spent on that. It would literally be a full time to even look up a little bit of it. Imagine like just the sales tax that like you pay for everything. Like where does that money go? Yeah. Like 7.5% on everything you buy. Like, Jesus Christ. I don't know. We're not going to get into that. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk sports. Let's do sports. All right. Uh, I did want to real quick before we got off topic with the voting and all that. My um, my birthday round that I had, I, I played at Innsbruck. You're revving it on your head right now. The hat. Um, hole nine, that par five that leads back up to the clubhouse. Yes. I, I had a hole of a lifetime. Uh, I had a drive like two, I think it was like 245 out. 
It's that dogleg right, hit it up the hill, uh, 245, just kind of behind a tree. And then I had like a, I had like two, I think it was 230 to the green. And I'm like, I wasn't, I wasn't even really going to try and go for the green. I just, I had a tree about 15 yards in front of me. And I'm like, I just need to keep it low and below this tree. I'm going to hit this three wood, let it run up the fairway. Well, I just like kind of swung and prayed, maybe try to put a little fade on it. This thing just, I hit it so pure when I wasn't even like necessarily going for that. It hits the face of that hill that runs right up before the green, Yep. runs up that hill, runs onto the green. And I'm playing with my neighbor, my dad, and my uncle, and my neighbor's in the cart with me. And we're both watching this ball just creep up to the hole. It's creeping, creeping. And then the ball disappears for a second. And we're like, no. Albatross. That would have been been an albatross. But it disappeared behind the flag and reappeared right on the other side. But, I, dude, I had a tap-in eagle. This was my birthday round, my birthday hole. Like, I've never even – I don't even know if I've ever birdied that hole. That's a tough hole. Dude, that's that. So that's the one that goes like way uphill on the drive, way downhill, and then you go way back go uphill back towards the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a, that's one left. of the toughest holes there. Yeah, probably think, the hardest hole there. I think it's like 17 on the index for you know t- second toughest hole or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that'd be number yeah, two. I, I think that'd be number two. Or yeah, whatever it is, man. I don't know. <laughs> but I just I just needed to brag about that for a second because that. Would you? What did you end up shooting? Do you know? Uh, 87. That was so my, it's almost your, ra- that's almost your best. Yeah. My best is 85. That was my lowest round at Innsbruck by far, dude. Innsbruck's not an easy course. Like that's a tougher course. That's so. where I actually, so I thought the same thing and me and my buddy, Johnny Kraft went and shot a couple months ago and I shot my best round there. And I was like, this is, this is a tougher, it's one of the tougher courses out there. I think yeah. I shot an, I shot an 80 and 86 there, which is my best. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple holes that are, like, nice and wide open. Then there's a few, like, you got to be really strategic with how you want to play with it. Yep. Like, there's the one where you hit right before that par five where you're hitting, like, it's the dogleg right, I think. And you're going, like, way downhill. Oh, you can hit over the trees and there's the Yeah, and, dude, like, it looks so wide open. And then you hit it, and, like, if you're a little bit offline, you're going either into the tall grass and you can't find your ball, or you're into the trees and you can't find your ball. Like, it's... I have like a new swing that I've been trying out lately and I've been getting a lot more. I've been hitting everything so low all year this year. Dude, like it's been yes. driving me nuts. I can't get any height while well, I like I started trying out a new swing and I finally been getting some height on like my longer irons and especially my driver. My driver wasn't even getting anywhere close to above tree lines on anything. Well, now like that I'm getting this height and I'm getting a lot more distance with it. Uh, I like I went over those trees. uh the last two times I've played there and like just sent it, dude. Like I've, I never used to even think about going over the water there. And I would like, you know, have like 150 or more for my second shot. I yep. think I had like a 60 degree wedge into that green. It was sick. Yeah, you get a little flip wedge. Like yeah. when, when can like people like us that are like that high a handicap, like hit, be like, yeah, I hit a drive and there was a flip wedge. That's like not in our vocabulary, but that's nice, dude. Yeah. Can't nice. wait for next season, but I think right. we're, we're we're gonna yeah we're gonna tee it we're, we're me and my roommate I think are gonna tee it up on Friday because I'm off on Fridays now. It's so coming think, Friday. Yeah, it's supposed nice. to be pretty nice. So we're or either that or Saturday. I can't remember one of those I'll, days. I'll be in New Orleans, so you'll have to let me know how that goes. Mm. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you at the end my opinion on New Orleans. I think you might have just changed something for me. But <laughs> let's, let's talk sports, dude. Let's talk do it. sports. Uh, real real quick. Uh, end of the first period for the game. Nothing, nothing. 
Nothing, nothing. We, we, I've been trying to peak a little bit. We look okay. Uh, I think shots are tied or, or very close to tied. They were 12-12 right before last time I looked. Um, but, yeah, we, I think we've had two penalties that we killed real well, and Colorado yep. has had one that they had. We had one power play. So, yeah, good, looking good so far. Um, Lindenwood University Lions, our weekly update with the boys, uh, they're – taking on the University of Wisconsin in Madison, Wisconsin this morning. I think they had a bye week last week. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, yeah, no games last weekend. And um, they're going into this weekend with a 4-8-0 record. Um, same exact record for the University of Wisconsin. Really shocking to me because mm-hmm. I thought Wisconsin was like a powerhouse. and Maybe they're just like, well, they play in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten is like legit. Is this the Badgers? The Wisconsin yeah. Badgers? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, it was really surprising to me when I was looking them up and seeing that they were four and eight, like the same exact record and looking at their team stats, I'm not going to pull them up and I'm not going to like shout anybody out on them. But like, I know that they don't have like, I think their top point scorer has like 10 points and Lindenwood has like two guys who are like almost at 20 already the same amount of games. So like, I don't know. I think this is a good chance for the boys to get back into just about 500. I think if Lindenwood can go 500, that would be an extreme win, like for their first year in D1. Definitely. I, it'd be more than a win. But I think having, like, you know, they swept Army last weekend or, yeah, or two, two weekends, weekends ago. ago. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of big. But then, you know, they don't really play any ECAC teams, which is the East Coast Athletic Conference, which is like, you know, Harvard. Uh, you know, BU, all those teams, they don't play to those guys. They won't play them until a tournament if they ever make it, which I doubt they make it this year. Right. But um, like if they could go 500, I, I don't really see how this is, can, it can't be a success for them this year. I mean, they've already, they beaten Air Force. They got their first, at least they got a win at home. That's huge. Like yeah. just getting a win in front of your home crowd. If they can sweep a big 10 team. This no, weekend, was that at home? I don't think that was at home. Air Force? I thought yeah. that was up in New York. No, no, no. Your Army is in New York. And they oh, struggled. yeah, you're right. But, but, their fir- but their first win was at home against Air Force. Gotcha. And, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if, if they can get a, a sweep of a Big Ten team, I mean, I think if they take one of two in every series, that's perfectly fine. Uh, we, You know, we saw with Minnesota, they kind of struggled a little bit. But that's a good team. Like they're a really good collegiate hockey team. And I I just want Linwood to have as much success as possible. But I think if they I think there's no no like no question they can go five hundred, which would be even better for them. And they could start recruiting guys that, you know, maybe they're fringe guys on a Big Ten or an ECAC team. You know, but they want to go somewhere where they're gonna get the playing when, when they're gonna get the playing time, right. Exactly. So like I I I don't know, man. I Wisconsin last in the Big Ten. Lindenwood, I think, is like third or fourth in their conference. I did not know that Lindenwood was in the same conference as uh, Arizona State. And Arizona State's undefeated. No way. They're going to play yeah. in an NHL arena this year? Okay, let's let's not get carried <laughs> away here. But, like, yeah, like, they're going to have trouble against teams like that. But, hey, if they can beat teams like this, and Wisconsin's not a – like, they're historically a pretty good hockey school. So, I – I, I wish the best of luck to them. I think they'll be perfectly fine this weekend. I think they could easily pull off the sweep. Yeah, let's go. I'm down. Boys get a sweep. 
Ready to get in some uh, NHL news? Yeah, dude. You want to talk about the walking wounded first? Yeah, we'll get into... There's a little injury bug going around the NHL right now. Uh, Patrick Laine. Yeah, Patrick Laine out four weeks with an ankle sprain. Guy can't stay off the trainer's table, man. He came back early from that last injury, and he's right back there. It just... Yeah, I mean, I guess... is in a bad way. I guess, you know, he was probably like playing uh call of duty with his buddies or you know Fortnite or something Fortnite. And, and was yeah. in between rounds and like had a run to the bathroom real quick and you know slipped coming back like on his piss that he <laughs> dribbled on the floor and just oh sprained my ankle no i'm just kidding man i, I shouldn't be dog on him <laughs> like that but yeah i, I it, it's like you would think like the ankles like that's one of the hardest injuries to get when you're a hockey player with how tight you no it. no joe i mean no. i guess i don't know because i didn't play no. like, like, i've i've had that i've had that before sprained ankles i would rather break it you want to like because with, with with sprains it's like it's your tendons and your muscles those take forever to recover like i mean i've, I've had sprained ankles before too but i'm just saying like i that's a tough one to get like i'm not saying it's not it it's not easy to play on i'm sure but like i'm saying like you would think it would be harder to get that because like the ankles could skate and everything right like yeah like you'd think so but like there's so much movement going around like you don't understand like how well i don't either i'm not saying you don't i'm not trying to say that no i'm saying like you don't understand like how those muscles move around there's so many like little tweaks and like little like if you toe pick or if you, you know, get caught up in a, a bad run on the ice or something like that, like it can fuck you up really bad. It's the change of direction. Like, and you know, your, your ankle stays or, you know, your foot's going this way, but your muscles don't. Move. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind of stuff can happen. I've had that happen before, dude. And it took me like 10 weeks, like until like my ankle was like, I wasn't scared of it anymore for yeah. it to go away. So, and I'm not comparing myself to a Patrick line at all, but like, Four weeks to me doesn't sound like that's going to be happening. Remember how we talked about on our last pod, how people were like, they would like beef, like with Marshawn and all that, like they'd beef up how far out. So it makes like everybody look good when he comes back early. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this one's not good because I don't think he comes back in four weeks. I think if he comes back in four weeks, he's asking for a re-injury. So, and Columbus needs him. And not to mention the next guy that we have on our list is out for the season. Zach Rowinski out indefinitely, uh, shoulder separation, and a torn and labrum. It was confirmed that he's not playing in the regular season, which for Columbus means he's not playing until 2023, 2024. Wow, and yeah, that's probably like their number three guy on the team, too. That's I I would debate that's their number one or number two guy. Because well, I, mean, I Johnny Hockey is number one. Yeah, that yeah, that's debatably number one. But they have no defensemen. I mean, they, no. yeah. they don't. Him and Boquist, like Boquist isn't exactly like established, but what a, that's a painful back-to-back like news, like what, like what a, a shitty week of news to get if you're a Columbus fan, that your best goal scorer is out and now you're relative to everyone there, your best defenseman is out for the rest of the year. I guarantee you Line a is out for eight weeks. I'll I'll say that right now. He's not oh, coming put, back. You're putting the TBN guarantee on it. Yeah, dude. Oof. Give it the guarantee. He's not coming back. And if it, here, if he comes back, he will re-injure it in less than a week. It's stupid. And take it from take it from two fans who know that if one of your best players is injured and you shouldn't come back before like 
you know, a, some kind of injury that's bad. Some, some guy that wears 91 in blue and yellow and white. Sure. That guy. Mm-hmm. Shoulders. Yeah. But hey, Torbchenko did it. <laughs> yeah. Again, also, they gave him they gave him four months and he came back in three. So well, it was less than three. They said he wouldn't play till December. He came back in early October. OK, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. whatever that was, it was like <laughs> half the time. But uh, yeah. All right, let's move on to another injury. Uh, this one might make some people happy or, you know, maybe if they have a heart, not so happy. Um, Evander Kane, scary injury, uh, very, yeah. very graphic injury, freak accident. Um, you know, I, I forget how he really ended up down on the ice. I guess he must have. He was just, like, tied up. So he, he gets tied up with, uh, I don't remember who it was, but I do know it was Pat Maroon's skate when Maroon yeah. was skating by. So Kane's on the ground, his wrist is exposed, you know, trying to get up and Maroon just comes by and the skate just cuts his wrist. And I mean, what a, you could tell right off the bat, everyone was really freaked out and he was losing his, he was like, like, so the zoom of the video was kind of a little bit grainy, but like, so you couldn't see anything falling off his arm, but you could see right when he lifted his arm up off the ground, there was just this red, like freaking pool pizza pie yeah size pool of blood on the freaking ground and then like yeah so he's skating back to the bench like oh my god like look like i'm going to die look on his face pat maroon like looks and he's like oh my god and he's he's waving for the trainers and then i think everybody kind of just gets in motion uh you know yep. they they got him out and they got him off um I think that what what did it end up being? What we I just kind of some kind of like tendon, like a tendon in his wrist, and he's out until like February, I think. Yeah, I think it was like four to four to six months. Yeah, that's that's huge for them. Now the question that everybody had, I don't know if did you have anything else to say before I go on my little cap tangent here? No, go ahead. So I was gonna say that a lot of like people on Twitter and you know on wherever you read hockey news, like people are like, well, why don't they put him on LTIR? Because I mean, he makes decent, he makes decent money and they could go get somebody while he's replaced. Well, he's coming back. Yeah. He's coming back eventually and they're going to need him. So like they, they can't afford to sit him out until the end, you know, mid April, whenever the playoffs start, they just can't do that. So I just kind of wanted to shed some light on like, like the whole LTIR thing. I think we should do like a, like a breakdown of how that works. Because as soon as people get hurt and they say long term, which is it has like, to be through the trade deadline, I believe. Yeah, right? it has to be. It has to be like basically like you can play ten games. Like that's essentially what it is. Like and I think it might even be less than that. It might be eight. Okay. But and it got really popularized by like or not popularized, but like it it really came to light. I don't know if you remember this, but in 2015, the Chicago Blackhawks, Chicago Blackhawks with Patrick Kane when he broke his uh, clavicle. And they went out and got Vermette. And, and that's and not even like a huge piece. He was expected to come back like a month before the end of the season. Yeah. But they purposely kept him out. So yeah, he could and, go and get Antoine Vermette. Add that. I think he was like making like $7 million that year or something. Add him to the roster. And then they went on to win their third Stanley Cup. Yeah. And then also we know that Tampa did it with Kucherov in 2020, uh, 2021. Um and Tampa's done it with a couple other guys. And, you know, yeah. it's – but that's – and I'm not going to go on a whole – The Blues season. did it one year, too. It was – I forget who it was, but it wasn't anywhere near the size of, like, a $10 million Patrick Kane contract. I 
it was like 2018 or nine. It wasn't the cup year. I know that, but it was like, I think it was like 2017 or 18. And it was like somebody small, like a million dollar contract or something. And, you know, we were able to pick somebody else up at the trade deadline, but whoever it was, they were out like throughout playoffs too. But yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they kind of changed the rule up on that a little bit now. And they, they need to change. I think if like, so this is where I was going to get to. I think we, we should do like an episode where we kind of like talk about it more, but the the whole thing is like, it, it's a, it's a very high risk. Like, so let, I'll just give a quick example. I'll make it really quick. Florida with Aaron Eckblad, who just came back this past weekend. Uh-huh. People were saying as soon as he got injured, put him on LTIR. Cause he makes, he makes buku bucks and they could go get someone to replace him. Well, you're going to need that guy. Like they have nobody else. When he comes that. back, that money goes back on. Yeah, like that goes back on the cap. Like, yeah, it's not hitting the cap while he's on LTIR. Yeah. Which, by the way, you have to like if you go on LTIR, you have to miss ten games and you have to miss twenty four days. Like that's a requirement. So you're already losing that. Like ten games in the NHL right now is the way that we're seeing it. Ten games could get you out of the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Like it, it could easily like again like I've said it on previous podcast before you can't make the playoffs in November and December and October, like the first three months of the season, but you can miss it in those first three months. And so maybe one of these days, like if another LTIR story comes up with someone this year, maybe we'll kind of try to break it down, do some more research, but it's not as easy as people make it seem. It's very, very difficult to do. And you're, it's a high risk, low reward more than likely, especially with way, the way the league's going. So uh, Columbus, they're, I, I mean, you're, I think it's like nine, almost $9 million that Warrenski makes. Uh, he's not going to play again. They might go get somebody, but how's that going to help them? They're not making the playoffs. Like they're, they're terrible. Yeah. I mean, maybe they, they could, they could do a sign and switch. I mean, yeah, I mean, who knows where we'd be getting way too into there, but yeah. Um, yeah. The Evander Kane thing. I mean, that, that is a big one because the Oilers, should definitely be a playoff team. Um, I totally just missed that we were talking about Evander Kane that whole time. But yeah, yeah. like Edmonton has no cap space either. Like they have yeah. none. And they're not, who are they going to go get? Like they're going to go get some fifth or sixth defenseman that's really going to, it's not going to help them. Like just wait for Kane to come back. You better hope that Drysidle and McDavid just tear it up for the next yeah. three months. Yeah. I mean, back on, back to his injury. I mean, that, like we said, it was a scary one. Uh, and really, I do not like the guy. I I actually am very yeah we know disliking of him. <laughs> I fucking hate him. But I mean that that's a scary thing to happen no matter who you are. Um, but uh, you know I'm sure his wife and stuff has been scared in the past too. So we'll just we'll just go to the next subject. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. So there's uh the NHL named their three stars of the week. You want to go ahead and take care of those, man? You're gonna skip the Hall of Famers. Did I? Whoa. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go to the Hall of Famers. So uh, the NHL is doing, they actually did it tonight. It might still be going on right now, but the NHL was doing their Hall of Fame inductions tonight. Um, there's two people on the list. I didn't know who they were. So, and I, like, I, I, it's some guy named Carnegie and some female athlete named, uh, I can't remember her name, but they're going, congratulations to them. Like, I just don't know who they are. I had no <laughs> idea who they were. I didn't even write their names down. Uh, but uh, besides those two, Roberto Luongo, Daniel and Henrik Sedin, and Daniel Alfredson uh, are getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, just wanted to say congrats to them. 
Uh, Roberto Luongo is a polarizing figure, you could say. Uh, very funny guy on Twitter. He's a Hilarious. Twitter guy. Oh, yeah. Did you know that uh, – so his handle Strombone1 on Twitter. He was a mystery guy for a long time. and nobody Oh, yeah, nobody knew who he was, yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that until the other day. I was listening to some Canadian radio show, and, like, someone – uh, Jamie McLennan, actually. So he's a former blues goalie from like the 90s. He played with Lou and he goes, hey, I know that's you. And he was like, how do you know that? And he's like, because like whenever we played cards and whenever we did stuff like you went by Strombone, like that's what you went by. And so now, like, it, dude, a, a great personality. I think Twitter really helped him. A very unlikely story that Twitter helped someone's career. Usually it's destroying them. But uh I mean, what a personality. And then I believe the last goalie captain in the NHL. Yeah. I uh, skating too slow, Bobby Lou. <laughs> just go and ruin that rule. Danny Alfredson. Uh, I remember him like granted, like we've talked about. I, I haven't been like a lifelong hockey fan. So I, I remember him more so in a Red Wings jersey. But I know he's definitely known as um, the Ottawa Senators. Danny Alfredson. Uh-huh. Um, mm hmm. You know, I think I saw like a quote the other day from uh, Eric Carlson kind of reminiscing back on their time together uh, back with the Senators. You know, Carlson was there when he was real young and Albertson was kind of on his way out. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was just praising him uh, how good of a leader he was and, um, you know, just an incredible human being. Uh Besides the fact that he shot a puck, a slap shot at Scott Niedermeyer in the Stanley Cup Finals, yeah, he's a pretty good guy. He literally took a slap shot at him, Joe. Like, I think there was some battle that was going on, and he took a wind-up, like, at the end of a period and shot it right Oh, like, like play was dead. Yeah, yeah, like, the I think it was, like, the end of the first or second period, and he blasted it at him. And Niedermeyer was, was like, a well-liked guy around the league, and... Albertson just gave him a good slap. That's the only bad thing I've ever seen him do. That's it. But what a great guy. And then I have mixed emotions about the Sedin sisters. I, I, and I'm not going to call them that. Like, why? I'm not, not they get so much hate, dude. And I, I know, but they're I, so good. They were so, so good. good. And you want to hear it? So I know you're a Chicklets listener. I was listening to the Ryan Kessler episode. Mm-hmm. He said that, which this, if you're a hockey player, you'd really understand like how crazy this is. Those passes those guys made to each other were insane, right? Just knowing where they were. And they never, they never talked. Like, they never, like, yelled at each other or, like, never, like, said, hey, I'm over here. Or, like, you know, hey, give me the feet over here. They just knew. Twins are fucking weird, dude. They have telepathy. Yes. And... They're aliens. Like they're from a different planet, dude. Like I, I, I know quite a few sets of twins, and it, it's, it's just a, it, it's a feat, it's a feat that is unexplainable. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't at all. And the, they're the first uh, brother duo to ever get a thousand points each in the NHL. Jesus. So that's pretty nuts. So congratulations to them. And again, like I, I I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look up their names because I feel like I'm besmirching them. Uh, yeah, I mean to leave out the the woman induction is a little a little yeah, that, that's a little problematic, isn't it? <laughs> that's a little problematic. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. I that up. I'll go over the three stars of the week real quick. Uh, Miko Rantanen had uh, seven points, three goals, four assists, and only two games last week. Uh, Linus Allmark 
3-0-0 with a 1-3-4 goals against and a 9-5-6 save percentage. Hell of a week for him. And then uh, Adam Fox, 8 points, 2 games, 6 assists, and four, 2 goals, 6 assists, and 4 games. How is he not the first star? Well, I mean, it's over four games. I understand, like, yeah, he's a defenseman and stuff, but yeah. But Randon only played like, two. That's like, what I'm I, saying. He had okay, he had higher points, points per game, but he's also, a, like, he's expected to do that. Like, that's that's a random. For seven points in two games, dude. Yes. Okay, okay. If your name's not McDavid, maybe not. But uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I thought Fox, I think Fox getting eight points in four games as a defenseman, and maybe I should just, like, stop reacting like this to them, but I think that's a I, that's a better feat to me. And I think also it might have been because the Rangers went two and two, they lost two games, so maybe he didn't like. If I think if the Rangers went four and zero, oh, he we'd be talking about him. More I don't than think that, that would make a difference. That's stupid. I think it's I think it's the fact of of two points per game or two point X points per game is is the argument there. Do you find those names yet? Yes, so uh, Hannah Rika Salonen, or Salonen uh, is going in one of the greatest European hockey players of uh, in women, women's European hockey history, so oh, that's big. Good for her. Uh, she kind of looks like Jesse Pugliarvi. It's really weird, <laughs> like how you need to look her up. I mean, she with the helmet on, with the helmet on, she literally looks like Pugliarvi, and if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And then Herb Carnegie is going in, and... Uh, He's considered the best black player to never play in the NHL. His junior career was absolutely insane. So I don't know if like maybe it was the time period he played on or played in because he was playing in like the thirties and forties and we know how it was. Yeah. Yeah. And we've heard the stories about Willie O'Ree and all that stuff and like all the stuff that he had to go through just to even play like, and he didn't play a full career. He played most of his career in the minors. And so Herb Carnegie gets in, so I'm, I'm really sorry for not mentioning the number at the top. I just didn't put them in my notes because I had no idea who they were. But uh, congratulations to all those to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Good job. Congrats. All same. All same. All right. You ready for this next segment? Yeah, dude. Blues? Blues. We're in a better mood this week than, than we were in the uh, ghost episode from last week. We are on a, we're on a tear. Right now. Blues are on. Uh, I guess. I guess Zach can call it a tear. Uh, two two wins in a row. Uh, looking decent so far. I, dude, I just watched a shift while you were kind of talking about that with the Blues in Colorado. Just, yeah, I see your eyes oh, wandering. Both of them were just banging bodies. Like the whole. <laughs> it was great. Shannon Shannon Barbashev laid a couple good hits. Anyway, um, two wins in a row. Uh, mm-hmm. one, one against the number one team in the NHL in the Vegas Golden Knights Saturday night. Dude, and we dominated them. I'm not joking. Like we, besides the, besides the goal that Kessel scored, Bennington played really well. That yeah, goal that, that Kessel, that goal Kessel was scored was eh, yeah. that, that had odor on it, like to the high umpteenth degree. It was disgusting. But uh, dude, like I don't know what like. So obviously the ghost episode, like we we kind of talked about it. That Boston game was one of the best games they played, and they lost. Now the game against Philly. The last, the la, you know, the eighth, the record-setting uh, losing streak game to bring it to eight. Philly was, sucks, and we played. That was horrendous. Yeah. And it looks even worse now because Philly just, like, is coming down to earth, but we're not here to talk about the Flyers. Uh, but 
And then to get that win, to go back, do it in a little bit of order, the game against San Jose, they they had to fight every single second of that game to get that win. And I think that's what they needed. Like, I get that the team was bad that they were playing, but they had to fight up until I think they scored the game-winning goal like with like eight to ten minutes left. Like, they really had to fight. Like, San Jose put up a good fight against us. And, yeah, we're a better team on paper, but, like, at the time, there's no confidence, there's no nothing. And I think they really – like, if they lost to San Jose, Joe, I think there would have been a huge problem. But I thank God they did. We're not doing (laughs) – we're not going to do any revisionist history. We're not doing any of that bullshit. We got the win. And I just remember I posted my story on my Instagram story. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's over. Like, it's finally over. Like, you would have thought we won the cup. Yeah, I mean, it, it was – it it was it was a long time coming for you especially you you were having a rough time on that a game losing streak I mean I was thinking I needed to call uh what what did they say do a welfare check on you when I wasn't here and I was gonna go fifty one fifty into the in the insane asylum if we lost that game I'm not joking I was having such a bad time and uh but no like what a good win for them to get and I I like that they had to fight for it because I think it carried over into that game on Saturday. I think it really did carry over because Saturday they they did not have there was not an inch of ice that was uncontested at all. Like every every single inch of ice they had to fight for and they they played the best team in the NHL. I let's let's be honest, the two best teams in the NHL, they played their best games against besides Edmonton because they played Boston really well. Boston's number 2. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I was thinking I'm 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 not You're thinking the Devils. No, I'm thinking fucking uh the best team, not according to standings, the Colorado Avalanche who are playing tonight. And they're playing them really well. Like yeah, they're playing really well right now. Playing decent. I mean, we haven't been able to fully pay attention to it, but shots are twenty to fifteen right now. We've killed off two, maybe even three penalties now. I think Shen did take another one this period. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, what it's, are your what are your thoughts on like that? Like so. Going from going from Wednesday night to Thursday, like, did you have any confidence that we were going to win that game? Yeah, I texted you and I said, "Blues win tonight. Blues yeah. win tonight. And go six and four in their next uh, in their next ten. I sure hope you're right because they're on their they're on their way. They're on the right path. I'm I'm. And I'm you want to hear what's it. crazy? And I, before you get to that, like, dude, one thing about these games is like. During that eight-game losing streak, yes, we deserve to win a handful. I'd say up to it, three to four. Five, I'd say even five, up to five of those games. Yes, we definitely deserve to to lose. Sorry, up to five of those games, we definitely deserve to lose. Okay, but, agreed. dude, there was there was two that we should have probably won. Maybe the Edmonton or, game we definitely should have won. Yeah, and uh, the that game one. we could have hung in there. There was another one right at the end of that streak that we were Boston. definitely. Yeah, the Boston game. Yeah, we definitely probably could have won that game easily, too. And there were, like, another one or two games where it's like, like, yeah, we weren't playing the greatest, but we definitely weren't getting any puck luck. And guys just could not buy a goal. You saw in that San Jose game, uh, Brandon Sod and I even texted you that, like, after he scored that goal. Like, dude, he looked to the heavens when he scored that goal. He's like, oh, my God, finally, dude. Like, 
I've been trying so hard. Brandon Todd's been playing great, and I, I I'm not his biggest fan. Like, I don't think he's a first-line player on the St. Louis Blues. I don't think he's a second-line player on the St. Louis Blues. But, I mean, he's been playing pretty decent this season. And he's just, legit. And these guys, and, and even Jordan Kyrou, like, there was yeah. a stretch during, there was a stretch during that eight-game uh, streak where he looked like dog shit. I, even during the three wins, I think he just looked awful. Like, I think... He only had like four points through a long duration of this season so far. Now these last like four games or so, he's turned it around. And he's looked a lot better. Him and Robert Thomas have kind of waking up. But Robert Thomas, who I was for every single day of the week, has looked terrible so far this year. So Thomas can't buy a goal. Like for free, he couldn't buy one. He's hit I fucking like ten posts already this season. Yeah, like and dude, like yeah, like let's let's be honest. Let's let's do some revisionist history that I didn't want to do, or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know if that's the right term to use. We were way too hard on them during the eight games, especially me. Like I was extremely <laughs> okay. Let's not say we. Let's go with me. I was way too hard on them, and th- I I knew deep down in my soul, like deep down in my plums, I felt it. This team is not that bad, and what's crazy is. The team we're playing tonight, we're playing Colorado, who I think, if last time I checked, they won the Stanley Cup like six months ago. Yeah, something, something like that. that. Uh, they, they, they're they only seven points ahead of us, Joe. That's it. Wow. We're not that far off. Like it, I, it, I think it would look a lot worse if we didn't win those first three games. Like, uh, okay, obviously, duh, Zach. Great, great fucking observation. If they win three, they were 0-11, it'd be a lot worse. Um, Side note, great look at the moms just doing the power play dance. That was dude, the mom's trip might have been – it could be the difference. Could like, be the difference. Could be, it could be it. Shout out I to think what they, they were only there for – they weren't there for the San Jose game, I don't think. No, they all made the trip in tonight. So yeah. like, No, dude, this is their second game. They were there. They came into Vegas? Yeah. So I saw that like Ivan Barbashev's mom traveled over 10,800 miles. Nathan Walker's mom was even further. Yeah, like coming from Australia. Australia. She had a like, she had a layover in Dallas, I think, and her flight like got delayed and everything. Of course, and then it she did. made it to, uh, she made it to, who did they put Vegas? She made it yeah. to Vegas mm-hmm. five minutes before her flight took off from uh, Australia because of like the time change and everything. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Like they were making a joke about like how she. It's time traveling. Time. Yeah. She time traveled. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, it's awesome that like so many of the mom, I don't think all of them, like, I don't know if Tarasenko's mom came out and stuff like that, but I'm Barbashev's mom did, which is freaking awesome. Yeah, I saw her itinerary. It was like, it was Moscow to Qatar, Qatar to Chicago, Chicago to St. Louis, St. Louis. And she made it tonight. Oh, she wasn't there. At yeah. Vegas? Okay, right. cool. So, like, that's just uh, what a fucking whirlwind. But I, I mean, the I love the moms and dads trips. It's always really cool to see. Like, it's, yeah, it's I mean, always awesome. I could have swore I've seen like the Blues do a mom's trip, but everybody's making a huge deal about how this is like the first ever mom's trip that they've done. Um, I know a lot of the other teams. Yes, Blues. Oh no, that was off the back of the net. I got psyched out. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> I could have swore the moms, the blues have done. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I could have swore the blues have done a mom's trip before. I know I've seen so many of these moms 
before, so maybe it's just them coming to visit from time to time. O'Reilly's mom, she's a riot. She's, you know, she's like the mom of all the moms. Like that's yeah. Did you see his quote? Like uh, if someone, how, if, like if anybody makes any dirty plays on me, they're gonna have to watch out for my mom coming. Yeah, to take care of them, something like that. Yeah, yeah. She's probably playing more competitive. Uh, I'm not gonna be de- negative. Never mind. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say more what I was gonna than say. Than I've been playing lately. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I mean, regardless, like, yeah, it's it's great. The dad's trip's always a success. They always have a good time. Um, so yeah, why why couldn't the mom's trip be? I, I guess we're like, well, dude, so the NHL to do it. So about time. So it, if we make a run and like we we get out of this, it. is this like is this this is going to be like the the Philly trip in 2019? Like yeah. it, the mom's trip was the turning point. We'll we'll find out some inside joke that comes out of the mom's trip uh, come come January from this trip, and yep. it'll just be stick. Everybody will be singing songs, or you know, it'll be, maybe it'll one of the moms is wearing like a goofy sweater or something. Everybody's gonna get those sweaters made. Yep. Or like they're playing some like goofy Taylor Swift song or something like that that like they'll go with. I fucking hope not. Goofy Taylor Swift song. There's no such thing. Dude, no. I'm a okay, Swifty. Okay. I'm a right. Swifty. Jesus Christ. Hey, wait, wait, wait. By the way, really quick, we're let's go on a quick tangent. Did you know that like to buy Taylor Swift tickets, people have to like apply on Ticketmaster to get let in to be able just to get the pre-sale? Like to be no, able I to buy tickets, you have to like be accepted into it. I don't know. Like is some Swifty out there needs to DM me. Because there's someone that I follow on Instagram that showed me, or that like. Because Zach story. tried getting tickets and he was unsuccessful. Yeah, dude, I couldn't get tickets, dude. I was pissed. <laughs> I couldn't get the presale. But no, like for real, like there was this girl that posted something. She's like, and she posted like the Ticketmaster email, and it said like you've been ex- like you have been picked or like you have been accepted into like the you know whatever tour, you know the Swifty Five Thousand tour like pre-sale and i'm like so does this mean that you have to apply like to get that and then you're like uh, what is the process to do this? dude Ticketmaster is a weird place to begin with like it uh, is we could go on really in deep about that and how big a bullshit that is like all the stupid i want to know where my fees there. go that yes. i pay for that fucking yeah company because I've, I, I've probably paid more in fees for Ticketmaster than dude, I've been taxed. And somehow they have like a monopoly on the whole thing. Like, I don't understand. No, they don't. Like, not anymore, dude. Not anymore. Game time is the way to go. But game time's not even like you can't buy directly from the seller. Well, no, game that's time. a game time. They're all those things like game time is essentially a seat geek. It's a stub hub. It's yeah, a, it's a one of those it's everything. Companies. It's a resale. But those are third parties. Uh, Ticketmaster is is a primary first party seller, and I think they're like the only one, or they're the only major one. Uh, it, it's ridiculous how like anything you buy, blues tickets. Like I, I I get so sick and tired of seeing fucking um like a pair of tickets going for like you know fifty bucks for the pair, but then once you go in taxes and seventy nine dollars, yeah, it's eighty dollars. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Fuck I was looking at tickets for Thursday's game against the Caps. And on even okay, so I I mean I'm not gonna shit on game time because I've used them a lot, but game time they were fourteen dollars a piece, which is that's sad. Like that's really sad. Yeah, it's a Thursday night game against. I mean, go see OV live. Come on, like that, that should be greatest th- goal scorer in NHL history, and you're only yeah, like one of the greatest players time. of all time. And the tickets are fourteen bucks a piece. Afterwards, after fees, so that's twenty eight dollars, right? If I'm if my math is correct, fourteen times two. That's after fees. So no 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 no. Oh, After okay. fees, 
it's $53. And I'm like, dude, that's Holy like 15 shit. bucks in fees. Hey, but you but, know what? We won't talk bad on game time because uh, no, you know. I love game time. Yeah, I game love times, them. Game sponsor me. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Sponsor us with our, however many <laughs> listeners we have. <laughs> so back, back to the blues. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions here. Sure. Did we overreact? Did you overreact? Yes. Did I overreact? I didn't I say did I. Okay. Did you feel like, did you ever have a, like, a, was there a moment in your, in like the last two weeks, three weeks that it's been going on that you were like, you said they stunk. They stunk. I'm not going to say that's wrong. Like they definitely stunk, but I know we've stunk before and I know we've came out of it. Like, the shit just happens, man. Maybe not to that magnitude or level, but like I said, like I said during that whole time with that eight-game losing streak, and and maybe this was kind of lost in the ghost episode. We're gonna have to refer to that as the ghost episode from now on because yes, we talked about a lot of shit. Agreed. But uh, the the ghost episode, like um, it's early, dude. It's early in the season. It I would much rather lose eight in a row now than eight in a row come in March. April. Yeah, yeah, right. Forgot that the seasons go way longer. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it sucks. And I mean, but but now it gives us something to like. Because when when you get that lead early, like, you know, if you're one of the top teams in, you know, the the West or the Central, uh, you know, in in January, February or March, like January, February and and like. You could start getting lackadaisical, man, and just, like, start letting it go. So, like, I think when you have something to fight for all season, fight to make up for those eight games, like, that's a good look, and that's a good way to build momentum on the whole season. So you're, you're like, a big advocate of the early adversity can help you is what you Sure, and, and, and I can – I've had that on the back burner to talk about the word adversity and how, how overused it is in hockey – uh, I don't hear it like pretty much anywhere else, but any hockey player, they talk about, oh, the adversity and coaches and, and Darren Pang and John Kelly, oh, the adversity that these guys had to go through. I'm, I'm not going to get into that, but wait, wait, hold on, we could do that. Give it a little bit. Well, that, okay. I will dump and change the word adversity. <laughs> <laughs> you think that it's like the word, like, it's like, I love you. Like it's overused. Uh, sure. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I have gonna, another word that I'm, I definitely have for a dump of change, but yeah, go ahead. Hate. Like no. the word hate is definitely tossed around a lot. Yeah, but that, I mean, I say it all the time, so. There's a fine line between hate and love. Uh, No, but like adversity. Don't you think adversity would come into play a lot more for a, like you say it's overused in hockey. So maybe we'll compare it to, let's compare it to the NFL. Like, do you think that, like, maybe adversity is overused because, like, it's the grind of an 82 six-month season? Oh, and 100%. I'm not saying it's the wrong word. Like, because it is probably the it, – There's a the lot of ebbs and flows. Word. It's ebbs and flows. And 100%. Seven, I just, like – Six, seven months. It's just when you hear it, like, in the span, oh, the, the adversity that these guys are fighting through, and, oh, I'd like – see the adversity for them to come back and win. it's like oh come on like can't you say something else broaden your vocabulary a little bit it's the most fitting word sure but i, just, I don't know i just have a weird uh thing about that word you really don't like that word man like, I, that's I, weird <laughs> i have another word that i really fucking hate too but i'm definitely saying that for a dump and change so okay save it wait save I it have a saving grace you know you know who really overuses the word adversity a lot 
in hockey mm-hmm. is Toronto Maple Leaf fans oh, and media. Man. It's awful. I'm not going to get into that. Um, no, but the, the other question is, is Ocean. How do you how do you think Nikita Alexandrov has played so far? In his two games that he's played? Two yes. correct or is it just one? Two? Two. Um two. I think he's played good. He hasn't been too out there. He's playing um, fourth line. I think he's playing with two guys. Okay, like let, let's be honest. That fourth playing- line is the 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 line itself, including Alexandrov, where he's had a big part. I think we were texting one game. Uh, one of the last two games where, like, dude, they had, like, a solid, like, minute and a half shift. Yes. Nola Chari was a fucking animal. Pitlick, okay, and it, it, you know how I felt about Pitlick. I said he's painfully average. He's not great. He's looked okay, like, but the we, last couple games. We even said painfully average is fine, man. When you're down. Right now? Yeah. When you're down on that fourth line, if you're going on unnoticed, that's a good sign. Like, as long as you're as long as you're not out there being noticed for bad things, like a uh, Bobby Bortuzzo type bad things that he's been doing so far this season. Uh, wow. Slandering your boy, my boy, my boy, my favorite guy, but you, you know, you got to let him know where it hits him up. Uh, oh, fuck. Colorado's up one, nothing. I didn't even uh, see the Brandon. Oh shit. But, um, fuck. Yeah. I mean, when you're going unnoticed on that fourth line, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Don't go notice for something bad. Like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So that, and I agree with that. Like, and I think Alexandrov looked really good in his first game against the Sharks. I think he looked pretty good. The game in Vegas, he was just, nah, he's there. But again, he's playing nine to 10 minutes a game. If that, that's, that's fine. Like let, make him earn his ice time. Yeah. And he had a couple good scoring chances and he, you know, he made some plays, but I think, he needs to he needs to overcome some adversity for sure when it comes when it comes to getting up the, when it comes to climbing the ladder and getting up the lineup had to do it had to do it <laughs> but dude like uh, I mean again can't be any happier than the, that they've got out of the out of the losing category for sure but there there's just I I don't and we're not going to try to predict what they're going to do from here there's no point but I think they're still they're still there. Like I said, they're only seven points away from Colorado at this point. I think they're like five or six points out of a playoff spot. So like how unrealistic is it that they can go on another couple? Who of scored? Yet? There we go. The mobs are dancing. Who scored it? I didn't see it. The mobs are dancing though. Let's go. Tie game. Tie game. Breakout pass up to Booch. Booch to who is that? Who is that? That's the boy, Robert Thomas, baby. Let's go on a breakaway. They were handing out goals for free 99, and he took them. Yes. Bar down, too. Way to go. We're winning winning this game. One to one. If Robert Thomas scores, we're winning this game. But, yeah, like I said, we're not going to try to predict what they're going to do from here on out. There's no point in trying to do it. But, like, they're not not out of it. Like, and this is coming from me, Joe. Like, you know, you know me. This is not what I do. You're a very ebbs and flows guy. No, I'm a very pessimistic guy. We could just be honest about it. I'm pessimistic. You but you ride the wagon. I, I no, I I ride the roller coaster. It's not <laughs> yeah, even a wagon. It's a fucking roller coaster, yeah. dude. It's it's bad. Uh, but yeah, like I I can't be happier. They're out of the losing column, and we're back in the W's, and we're gonna get a W tonight. We're gonna make it three in a row. It's gonna be fine. 
The season is not over yet. I'm telling myself this. I obviously don't have to tell you this. Mr. Beacon of sunshine and rays coming out of your ass. Like I We're five and eight, brother. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, I know. It seems that way. Three and eight was a lot worse. Five and eight, not so not yeah. that bad. Hey, two's a fluke, three's a streak. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. All right. So for the rest of the week, though. And here's here's the other thing that I want to talk about. So the rest of the games this week, because we're not going to be back until next week, playing Colorado tonight. Hopefully we get a dub. Chicago on Wednesday in Chicago, and then back or uh, we're home for two games with uh, Washington and Anaheim coming into town Thursday and Saturday. So again, I don't want to try to. I like we we can't predict what's going to happen. Uh, why? Why mean, can we not? Why can we not be? Why can we not go Why can we not be a 500 hockey team after the end of these? Yeah, end of these four games. I don't know. We're actually a little bit better than 500 with with you know four more games after we're five and eight right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, Colorado. This is obviously the toughest test of the four, and we're tied up right now. Uh, 417 left in the second period. Um, Washington is Washington. Like I, we know what Chicago is like. They're not that they, they've started out way better than people thought. These young skillful teams in the NHL this year are kind of oddly figuring shit out right now early. And I don't yeah. like it. I don't yeah. like it. Dude, New Jersey, 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 uh, Ottawa, uh, Seattle, Seattle, Detroit. Yeah, like what is going? Well, yeah, that's the Blues. It's the Detroit Blues. But like Chicago, we know what they are. They can easily get a win there. But again, it's Chicago. We've talked about it on previous podcasts. They give us a test every time. Uh, Washington is—they're crawling right now. Like yeah, and but you got to remember, no Tom Wilson, no Backstrom, no Oshie. I mean, they're really yeah. Oshie's out for like three to four months, I think, maybe even longer than that. And Tom Wilson and Backstrom too. Well, I, Backstrom, Backstrom, I knew Backstrom. Yeah. yeah, but Wilson's out long term too. So, so I. But the, again, it's it's Ovi. Like you never know what he's gonna do. He's 106 he can, goals, I think, away from the record. Yeah, and he's. I think he's only 14 away from number two overall. So, I mean, again, I I will go watch him any day. He'll put he puts my ass in seats. Like he doesn't have to put anyone else in seats, but he puts my ass in seats. I'll probably be there on Thursday. Yeah, I would. I would love to go if I wasn't going out of town. I'd definitely be trying to and, find a way. And then Anaheim is awful. They're the worst team in the league. Are they're they? Where we, they're they're where we were uh, three days ago, four days ago. So uh, that's that's just how it is. And I I don't like the way that Anaheim goes about things right now. I just don't. I, I for you want me to be honest. I think Trevor Zegers is overrated. I hate. I that mean, he, dude, he's 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 a highlight reel on a stick, but I mean, it's literally on a stick. Like you can only do so many things with your stick. He doesn't it, play two hundred feet. That's for it, sure. that, that's what I'm saying. You get you can only do so many things with your stick when you have the puck, but it's it's all about getting the puck. And I mean, when. When you have the puck, that's fine and dandy, but you got to be in the right spots to get the puck. Like I, I and I'm not gonna act like I know really what's going on in Anaheim. Like I don't, 
pay attention to Anaheim and Harley at all. I mean, I don't think I've thought about them at all this season, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're fans. I know a little bit about Trevor Zegers, and yes, he's a flashy guy. He's cool. He he made Sonny Milano a household name almost, who now I think is down in the AHL. No, he's playing with Washington. He had two goals the other night. He's playing with Washington? Yeah, he got oh, picked God. up off waivers. Well, that's what, okay, I knew he went yeah. on waivers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, so he got he got claimed, and uh, but dude, like, I don't know. They want to make Trevor Zegers the, the face of the NHL so bad, and I just don't. As a as a purist that I am, like I don't like the way he plays. And Shut I know up, John Tortorella. Yeah, I know. I was just about to refer to myself as that, but I I really don't though. Like even guys like McKinnon, McDavid, Matthews, Drysital, those guys play everywhere. Like they can do. Like Matthews could win a Selkie. Mm. Oh, yeah. see, and I was gonna say of the four names you just named, I think he's the least defensive of the four. Oh my God! You 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 no. Stop. My you, God, you listen you need to too much it. Toronto media. No, 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 no. He, he, Joe, he is good on defense. He's actually okay. I think he could win a Selkie in the next few years. I'm not joking. That sounds crazy, but it, it, I'm not joking. But, but the other, the other people that I named, like Drysaddle, McDavid, McKinnon, they play in the other end just as well as they play. Yeah. Even if, the, even if they're not playing defense, they're in the right spot to where like they know how to, like they know how to get open. They know where they need to be. So they, so it makes other people on the ice be able to make plays to like, be able to get the buck to them. I know I'm explaining this, like a fucking five-year-old that's like trying to tell you a hey, story. Sometimes it, like, I'm like a five-year-old with, so it's fine. <laughs> but uh, there's no reason the blues can't be over 500 after this week. And they're picking it back up. I think they're poised to make a run. This is a roster that we know is not bad. And again, this is probably the last kick at the can for a lot of guys on this team. Cause you know, who's coming up a lot in trade, like trade rumors. That Ryan, really, Riley. Well, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about the two. That, Are you talking about Barbashev? Yes. And I don't yeah, like dude, that. At I all. don't like that at all. No, thank you. Every, God. Every, every little thing that I see is like, Oh, uh, the Blues in this team or the Blues in that team are in talks for a trade, and you see a picture of Ivan Barber, and you see a 49, and I'm like, dude, I don't I don't like that. He He's an on. identity player, man. Like, he's a guy you need. Yeah. He's a playoff player. He likes to party. Yeah, dude. Like, we – I don't know. Don't get rid of him. Get rid of one of the other two before you get rid of that guy. Nicoletti's kind of stunk this year, and I I was a big fan of him last year too. Yeah, yeah Steady Eddie's kind of a uh, well. We already know we don't need to rip the defense anymore. Like we we know none of them have played good. If they make a move, please help this defense out. I think I think we're going to be over. I think we could easily go four and zero over the next four games. I think that's that's pretty simple. I wouldn't say easily, but yeah, at three and one is that that's not on much. paper. I meant like I, I think yeah, if you yeah, if you yeah. put put the teams up on paper and just compared and been like, okay, yeah, we can, we can easily win those games, but yep. it's not, it's not ever easy. It's any given, it's not any given Sunday. It's any given game night, I guess is what you could say, but we could be fine. Um, you want to move into the NFL picks for this week before we do our hall of fame? Sure. Let's get into the NFL. Da, 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 da. All right. So in the ghost episode, 
that we lost. We actually did make picks, so we're going to go ahead and track those. Now, week 10, you picked the Rams over the Cardinals. And let me quote exactly what you said. Both of these teams, teams stink, but the Cardinals stink more. And I think I remember saying, have you watched the Rams? Like, have you watched them how bad they are? You did. Team, you did. This team won the Super Bowl last year, Joe, and they are eliminated from playoff contention in week 11. Pretty much. <laughs> They're done. So you took an L. I took a dub. I took the Chiefs over the Jaguars, and they uh, – the, Ugh. Can I, great. can I tell you a little something? So this all started with me talking about my my little pigskin pick I do with my buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been winning this thing through and through, like more weeks than everybody. The over, I'm the overall leader until this week, dude. I had a fucking awful, awful week in picks this year. My buddy Adam is uh, running away with it. Shout out to you, buddy. Uh, ten correct picks. I'm in last place this week. Five correct picks. Falcons lost. Seahawks lost. The fucking Bills lost. The Browns lost. The Broncos lost. The Saints lost. The Cowboys lost. The Rams lost. Okay. And the Eagles are playing Everybody right you they picked lost. Fucking lose, dude. What? I said everyone you picked lost. Well, okay, there were a few. I mean, I had a couple: Chiefs, Dolphins, Giants, Colts, and San Fran last night. Eagles better fucking win. I haven't even thought about looking at that score right now. But, dude, I'm I've just I've been god awful about these picks this week, uh, and I've lost my overall lead. Uh, I. I'm now 84 and 64. The new overall leader is 86 and 62. You're not that far off. I'm not that far off, but I mean, dude, I had like I like the running, blues. I was running away with it. Yeah. And I'm, like I said, I'm the only one of these four guys that are in this. I don't watch fucking football, dude. I've been trying <laughs> a little bit this year, and I don't know shit about football. So that's a slap in your guys' face, Adam, Josh, and Ron. That you guys don't know what the fuck you guys are watching. <laughs> no, but they're slapping me back in the face. And hey, I I love a good spin zone, Joe. I love a good spin on that. That's good. Two one blues. I can't tell. I don't have my TV on right now. Two one blues. Uh, four point nine seconds left in the second. It it must have happened a little bit ago when I was ranting about my awful NFL picks, but. Hell yeah, I don't know who scored. Let's go, Blues. Let's go. Let's go, boys. Yes. All right. 29-24, but we'll take it. Who are you picking this week? Because you need a win. Um, I'm starting right. to catch up. I'm only I'm only one win away. And my NFL pick'em tracker. So this is week eleven, correct? That's correct. Joe's picks. All right. This should be a fucking home run. Ravens over the Panthers. Dude, in my pick them thing, whenever I pick the teams, it says, like, percentage of people that pick. I think it was 98 to 2%. Well, yeah, dude. The Ravens are a wagon. Like, I mean, they're not, like, Ravens amazing. are a top five team, I think, yeah. in the NFL. They have a top three quarterback. I mean, they have the Lamar are Jackson. bottom three. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, beast. and the Panthers stink. Like, they're, they're tough. Lamar Jackson has over 1,500 rushing yards this year. That's crazy. It's nuts. And, we're, and he's a quarterback, and we're 11 weeks in, 10 weeks in. Yep. So you're taking the the Ravens over the Panthers. Ravens okay. over Panthers. Who you got? 
I'm taking the Bears over the Falcons. Yeah. This is a so I I don't want to waste my so look, I haven't used I haven't really used too many good teams yet. I last week I had to exhaust it and I had to use the the Chiefs, but this week I'm taking the Bears. And let me tell you, dude, Justin Fields is decent. He set a record. He beat Michael Vick's record of rushing yards in a game by a quarterback. Damn. Like, not this past week, the week before. And uh, they're playing the Falcons. The Falcons stink. Like, the Falcons are terrible. So I'm taking the Bears this week. If I, I don't know. I'm going to have to use the Bills eventually. But even the Bills aren't a guarantee. They just lost to the Vikings, which, by the way, the Vikings-Bills game was the best NFL game that I've watched in a long time. See, I didn't watch it, but, yeah, I heard nothing. There was two OT games yesterday. My text threads were going crazy, and my buddy, who's, like, one of the biggest Chief fans out there, Adam, you know, he he, – it's always, like, kind of a – we're all, like – even though we're all, like, somewhat Chiefs fans, I guess, like – we're always just ribbing him because he's so like nuts over butts like on the Chiefs. Like he he will die for the Chiefs. Like me and you will die for the Blues and talk about yes. how Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback to ever touch a pigskin. And dude, he was just drilling about how Josh Allen fumbled that football on the one yard line. Oh my God, would he not let it go? In that the is in absolute the nightmare fuel. Like okay, so look, the Vikings are on the one inch line with two downs to go and they can't get in and it's like okay game's over like the bills defense which by the way the bills defense is fucking unstoppable they're so good but then they try to they like they like i don't know what happened but they fumbled the snap like between allen and his center they fumbled the snap and they get a touchdown on d like the minnesota vikings get a defensive touchdown and the game's over like what nightmare fuel, like to think that you're going to win the game. And like, just what, like you don't talk about ebbs and flows. That's the roller coaster I'm talking about. That kind of shit. I can't deal with like that. That would give me car. That would put me in cardiac arrest. If I were a bills fan, I would have lost my fucking mind. But, um, not only that, the, the catch, did you see the catch by Justin Jefferson in the fourth I didn't quarter? See it. No. Holy fucking shit, dude. I mean, just an absolute, we're not a football podcast, but you got to appreciate, uh, dude, you got to appreciate good athleticism. And that was ridiculous to say the least. And, and I mean, a one handed catch when the guy, the guy, the bills defender, whoever it was, don't know the guy's name had the ball with two hands. like had both hands on the oh, ball. And he just rips it out of his and hand. Jefferson literally with one claw ripped it out of his hands and came down with it on the ground, like, bar- like barely holding on to it and somehow possesses it. Just an absolute clutch moment. And I'm, I'm a huge LSU fan, Justin Jefferson, LSU alum. Huge, huge plays from him. So I'm taking the Bears over the Falcons, and you're taking the Ravens over the Panthers. So hopefully we can both catch some dubs this week, get back into the W column, pull you. But, um, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Let's do Hall of Fame. All right, got a big one this week. Did we hint this at one? what it was earlier? No, I don't think we, we did. did not. So, like I said, we we had one that we were had on the back burner, but we couldn't really come up. Like it was very difficult, and we're not even like, well, maybe we'll use it for another episode. So we'll put it on the back burner and not tease what it is. But um, we are going to do the Hall of Fame of, and I changed the name of it. I put 
I put St. Louis sports icons. Sure. Cool. Yeah, that works. The best, the so the Hall of Fame of the best St. Louis athletes. So not athletes that are from St. Louis, but ones that have played here. I mean, some of them may have been from here that you picked, but we'll see. So, and this week we have five each because this was, I mean, the pool is huge. We we know how storied, like how how many storied athletes have played here, basically since like pre World War II. For God's sake, like it's crazy. Um, uh, I think our I think our lists are going to be pretty different today. Like I think we're actually going to have like a a pretty di- like a, like a it's going to be a big pool. Like I said, I think we're going to have some decent lists. I agree. We're probably going to have some different lists. Like I, I'm pretty sure I probably left a name or two off that I like. You'll probably have on your list. I'm like, oh son of a bitch! Like I totally didn't even think about. I have that. I have three honorable mentions and I had five. Like I literally I, had ten picks. I think I have four honorable mentions. I'm just gonna throw the names out there, but all right. Um, so so this week, Joe, let's do each one of us gives their five in order, like all together, and then the next person. So like you do five. Oh, okay. I do five. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna let you start. All right, my number five, going back to the greatest show on turf, and it's probably not the name that you're first thinking of, a little bit more longevity on the team than uh, our buddy Kurt Warner. Uh, We're going with Marshall Falk. I love that pick, man. That's, that's, I mean, one of the greatest running backs to ever live, debatably the best, and he set so many records while he was here. Not only did he, but half the team did, but... Over 12,000 rushing yards and 6,000 receiving yards as a halfback. Uh, he kept the opposition guessing on the ground or air, you know, whenever Kurt Warner was having everybody, you know, guessing <laughs> through the air. Yep. I, I tried putting a little nice fun spin on that and I couldn't do it. But uh, yeah, he was a team from 99 to 06. Uh, yeah, you know, at first, I think like Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce were on the team before uh, Marshall Falk was, but um, so you saw a lot of those jerseys going around. And then like right when I started getting into football, and the Rams started becoming good in like '96, '97, '98, you started seeing Marshall Falk jerseys everywhere. Wrong. I want to correct you there. The Rams stunk until 1999, literally oh, until, until the, the year Super Bowl they won. year. So. Uh, they came. They the Rams came here in 1995. They moved here from LA, and you know now they're back there. Um, but they moved here in '95. They were so bad, Joe. Like I mean, so bad. And I don't know how they pulled it off, but like, so they got Trent Green in '99, who by the way got hurt, and that's how Kurt Warner made his way in. Uh, Marshall Falk, Tory Holt was drafted that year. Isaac Bruce was with the team already. Who was. A, two Hall of Fame receivers. Uh, they had Ernie Conwell, who came in, Adam Timmerman. Uh, they had Orlando Pace, who they all just exploded at the same time in 1999. Like, the whole team just clicked that whole year. And that's just the offensive guys I named, not to mention Dre Bly, not to mention uh, London Fletcher, who went on to have a great career. I think he played until 2012. And he was, I mean, he, he was an amazing player. The, the Rams were just so bad, though. Up until 1999, and they got the, they got Marshall Falk from the Colts for nothing, literally nothing. Damn, I didn't know you knew this much of Rams history, brother. Uh huh. 
<laughs> and you got to get into the Battle Hawks then, man. Come on now. No, fuck that. Oh! <laughs> Don't ever make that noise again. Who's number four? Yeah, so that was my number five. Number four, we're going uh, St. Louis. St. Well, obviously. St. Well, Louis. obviously. We're going with the Blues. Hall of Famer, you got to put that in front of his name. Hall of Famer, Birdie Federko. Okay, all right, all right, all right. That's played not the blue a, I thought you were going to go with. Played exactly 1,000 games in his NHL career, 927 of them with the Blues, so obviously the majority of them. And then the rest with Calgary, I believe. Yeah, beats me, man. I don't know. Um, scored 1,073 points with the Blues, and 40 of those points were game-winning goals. Uh, I think he's the second most in team history uh, behind Brett Hall. Um, and that makes sense. He has, he has a statue in front of Scott's right. Now, now, my number three, we're sticking with the same team. And the name that I just said, Brett Hall. 744 games with the Blues, 936 points. So a little more than, or a little less than Bernie, but with quite a few less games played. Uh, 70 game winning goals. In those 700. So that's a game winning goal every 10 games, essentially. Yeah. Right all. God. It's yeah. ridiculous. And I think he had his highest goal total with the St. Louis Blue League at 86. One yes. Game. Yeah. 86 here with um, won the heart in 9091 with the Blues. And obviously he has a statue up in front, too. Love it. Can't argue it. So my number two pick this is my curveball. This one, I, I said I had a curveball pick in mind, and I I would be shocked if you had this name on your list. Female. Do you have any females on your list? No. <laughs> I Female. Don't. And when I say the name, I think you might go, oh, shit, okay. Yeah. Jackie Joyner Kersey. Yeah, okay. Track <laughs> star, right? Track star? Track star. Uh, from East St. Louis as well, so bonus points for being from here as well. No, so she was Olymp- I guess can't represent St. Louis. No, but I'll take that. That's but, yeah, great. I mean, That's a great pick. But like, yeah, I mean, any any shoot, high school and college, I'm sure. Anyway, uh, yeah, from East St. Louis, three golds, a silver, and a bronze in the Olympics. She was known for like um, being a, a heptathlete, which is like there's I think there's like ten events that you do in a hept. There's either ten or seven. Well, a like, ten would be deca. The, the de- deca. Decathlon, yeah. So the yeah. Hep- heptathlon, I think, is the seven events, but it, that's like the kind of like all around track and field, like super freak. Uh, yeah. She was named Sports Illustrated Female Athlete of the 20th Century, um, which I mean, that's a hundred year span there, so that's incredible. Uh, she got a silver in the heptathlon in her first Olympics in 1984 in the L.A. Games with a pooled hammy when I was doing a little bit of research on this. She had a freaking pooled hammy. Missed the gold by only five points. Now, granted, like, that may be kind of a foreign language to everybody, but, like, the winner usually has, like, six or 7,000 points in a heptathlon. So she missed gold by five fucking points with a pooled hammy in her first ever Olympics. Uh, That's fucking she nuts. <laughs> broke and still holds the world record for points in a heptathlon for a female with 7,291 at the 1988 Olympics in Seoul. Okay. So, Jackie Jordan, Kersey. I mean, that's my number two. Like, St. Louis icon, 
for sure. She always had like when she would do the track running and stuff. Like I remember seeing her it like when I was a little kid when she was trying to make that run for the 2000 Olympics. Her it would have been her final, but she missed the qualifying. She's known for having like when she would line up at the on the blocks for track, she had like the really long like fingernails. And I remember like they grossed me out when I was a kid, but <laughs> it's an iconic like cool look. Like they were always like blue too. Um, and then my number one, he's got a bridge named after him here in St. Louis. Stan the Man Usual, Mr. Cardinal, 24-time All-Star, three-time World Series winner, uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient. Yeah, dude, war hero. War hero, dude. Uh, 1941 to 1963, 22 years in the bigs, all 22 years with the birds. Yep. 3,026 games played. 3,630 hits and 1,951 ribbies. Yeah. Guy's a fucking animal, dude. Or was. was. To have a fucking name or a bridge named after you is incredible. He, I think he has the biggest statue in front of Bush Stadium. Yep. And, I mean, he's he's got, like, they do the Stan Musial Awards every year in St. Louis, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, he, he, tra- he transcends sports in St. Louis. Like, and he's been gone for... I, I, he's been, I think it might even be 10 plus years. He's been gone. No, his, he only died a couple of years ago, like three or really? four years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it was well, like three or four years ago. Either way. I mean, the guy is an absolute legend. Just, yeah, I can't, can't argue that. That's a great list. And that was your number one, right? That was my numero uno. Oh, okay. Nine years. He died in 2013. Okay. That's oh, what like I really close to ten years. God damn it! You're right. January nineteenth. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was. I th- Dude, I remember when he died, and I feel like it wasn't that long ago. I guess that just shows how old we are. Yeah, we're really old. All right. So my list. All right, number five. I got Bobby Plager, just because of the and uh, I can't. I almost put both of them in there as one, but the thing is, is I I really don't remember hearing. Barclay's name besides like you know when we won the cup and then seeing his name in the rafters he's not like and obviously he's been gone for a long time but what yeah longer than we've really been yeah then right and like but Bobby has just like he his legend still lives on to this day and he's an absolute icon I I should have wore my shirt the you know do it for Bobby t-shirt yeah I bought it the I bought it down at the uh at the uh not the parade, but like the watch party for game six in the Stanley cup final in 19. But uh, yeah, Bobby Plager is an absolute legend. Um, you know, we did, I think, I think a big part of that Stanley cup win was for him. Like oh, it really, definitely. it really was. And he was, he was the heart and soul of this team for not even just a 15 year. years, dude. Yeah, dude. Like for, for so long. And, and he was definitely a name that like kind of crossed my mind, but like, I kind of was going more on like you're you're playing attributes for this list for me, um, so I didn't include them. I guess if we're doing like an icon, yeah, like you did, like you said, you updated the name of this. If I if I was thinking like straight up icon, yeah, I probably would have had him on my list. But um, yeah, he wasn't necessarily like he wasn't a, he was a great player, but he wasn't like his brother Barkley. I think was a better on ice player than him. Yeah, he definitely was. That's for sure. I just had myself muted for about I'm like, seconds uh, there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I, but yeah, I think I think Barkley was a little bit better 
of a player himself, but like, but yeah, Bobby, dude, like, have you ever met Bobby? I think I we yes. might have talked about. Yeah, we both met. Mm-hmm. One of the nicest guys. He'll stop and talk to you in the concourse. Like when I the first time I met him, I saw him in the concourse. I'm like, I can't believe you're just walking around like no security or anything, and right. just shaking hands. And he's like, All right, I gotta go, but. Nice to meet you. And And I think one of the biggest things for me was that the fact that like he's helped build this alumni association for the blues. That is like, it's league renowned. How like, like they have the best alumni association and him and Bernie have been like a huge, huge part of it. And, uh, you know, sadly passed away. I think it was last year, actually, like last March, I think is when he, when he passed away. But I mean, his legend will live on forever. And what a great guy he was. So uh, I got Bobby Plager, number five. Number four, this is my curveball, and this was all personal. And I I think you'll connect with it, even though it may not resonate with everybody, but David Backus is number four. Because, and yeah, like we could go off like what they won while they were here, the championships, you know, all the accolades and all that. I don't care about that with him. I still say that 2016 team was better than the 2019 yes. team. A hundred percent. And like, I, the thing that I, I, that, that really set him apart from like, like, cause I, I really wanted him on my list and I'm like, well, maybe I could put someone else on there that has done more as far as like their career goes, like winning championships and all that. But him, I feel like I have the most connection to him more than any other player on my list. Like as far as like seeing him come up and, you know, being drafted in Oh four, you know, coming up and, you know, basically seeing his whole career, all but three or four years that he didn't spend with us, um, or maybe five years. And, uh, but that's still like, like that 2016 cup run. And then also like the fact that he gave his heart and soul to the team while he was here, he gave literally everything to the, to the St. Louis blues while he was here. And he still has ties here. Like he, he, you know, he met his wife here. Five acres, animal shelter. Yeah, like the like all the like yeah all the off ice stuff that he does for everybody. Shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I, I for some reason David Backus was just a name that came up, and I was like, no, maybe not. And I was like, I can't leave him off. Like I have to have him on there. He's just a to me, he's an icon. Like I, I loved him. He's one of my favorite Blues players to ever play. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think he was like he what you asked for in a captain. He was all of that and some. Like he was. He was such a great captain, like, like you said, heart and soul, dude. Like, I, that guy shed every tear in his body and enough, you know, to make up for what me and you didn't shed. Like, that guy played with so much emotion, which might have been a flaw of his, but honestly. Yeah, like, I mean, I think that definitely was a downfall of his career was him playing as hard as he did every single game. I think that was a problem, but we've seen that with a lot of guys like him, but... Kyrou scores 3-1 Blues. It's 3-1 Blues. I don't have my TV on. I didn't see it. But uh, Power play. Let's go. All right. Sorry. But just the whole thing with Bacchus is just like uh, anyone who can give every single last inch and ounce of blood, sweat, and tear out of their body. Like, and we, he played for the fans like more than anybody that I've ever seen since and before. Like he, he just, he was, he was our guy. So I have him at number four, number three, I have Kurt Warner, a Kurt Warner. I did. I, I had to go with him because like, I, again, I was the biggest football fan for the longest time. Like I tried, you know, it, obviously it faded off a little bit once the Rams left, but the, the amount of like 
fanfare and the amount of like just just pure excitement that that guy brought to the game. He the I kid mean, from Iowa. Yeah, the kid from Iowa who was stocking groceries, you know, a month and a half before, and then comes and plays here. I mean, what a story! It just had, and you know, the movie came out. I think this year. Yeah, I haven't him. seen it. I do want to see it. I heard it's terrible, but oh. I, I, but I'll go. I still, I'll watch it somewhere eventually. But I, I don't know. But the thing is, is like, I mean, how many, how many games did you watch where you're just like, oh well, Kurt Warner's got this. And then yeah. not only that, like he, he kept going after that too. Like obviously, over that in Arizona. Yeah, when he went to yeah. Arizona and played, like he, you know, he went to another Super Bowl. But uh, just a, he's probably the best he is he's the best quarterback that's ever played for the rams by far even to this day like easily and he changed the game like him and that offense sam bradford wasn't oh i mean if we're going by money paid (laughs) money paid for uh work not done like that kind of ratio then yeah he might beat him but yeah i have kurt warner at three number two i couldn't decide between the two and i'm gonna make the decision right now it's so tough I had either Yachty or Yachty or Albert at number two, and I'm going to go Albert just because he's probably the best hitter of this gen- of like that. But generation. the motherfucker didn't play his whole career here. <laughs> I know, but I mean, Joe, come on, we're not going to play the best ever. No, you- no besmirchment on this guy. Eighteen hundred games with the Cardinals. Eighteen hundred, not to mention the seven hundred and three home runs that he hit uh, in his career, and 469 of them were with St. Louis. I mean, the guy is just an absolute freak. And you could, like, in every World Series win that we had while he was here, like, so the two. 06 and 11, yeah. 06 and 11, you could find, uh, or I guess the moment that I'm thinking of wasn't in one of those moments. But, like, he was a clutch performer in the playoffs. And... And probably the best hitter the Cardinals have had since Stan, probably like something like that. I don't really know. Well, uh, no, I mean, there was a guy that I have in my honorable mention that okay. was maybe a little bit better of a hitter than mm. him, but does it start with an M and with a McGuire? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that guy. But I mean, either way, like, and also like, I think if he never came back, it would I I probably st- I wouldn't have picked him, but the fact that he came back this year, you know, made the run with the battery of him, Wayno and Yachty, and like was that. the best hitter in the MLB the second half of the season. Dude. Yes, at what allegedly forty three years old. Yeah, probably even older probably forty seven. Yeah, like, something like that. Like who knows? Uh, but yeah, I mean four hundred sixty nine home runs and uh, like how many RBIs does it say here? Uh, Thirteen hundred ninety seven like with one franchise and again, yeah, like he spent, he, I think it was nine years that he left for LA. Yeah. He, money move. Like, come on. It's a money. Definitely. Grab. His and wife grab. and his wife yeah. wanted to live in nice weather and not endure these fucking freezing ass cold winters. Like we're having right now. Stupid. Absolutely oh. stupid, but you get it. But also like the other things that he does, like he, I think he, I don't know if he does a golf tournament, but I know he does like the, uh, the foundation for down syndrome that he does that he bases out of St. Louis and all that stuff. And um, just a really good guy altogether. Albert Pujols is, was an easy, I, it, well, it wasn't super easy, but I mean, a legend, absolute legend. 
So so he's your number two and Yachty's your number one? No. So Yachty's your number two? No. Pujols Wait. is my number two. Okay. And Stan Musial's number one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying something about Yachty. I was, or I was trying to decide between Yachty and Pujols, like which one I wanted to put at number oh, two. Oh, okay. So, but then, but I have so Stan- then the other one doesn't even make your list then? No. Okay. I, I know it was a tough, it was a tough one, but the he's other one goes be my number two or he's not making, he's list. not on my list. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and again, we already talked about Stan Musial, but yeah, Stan Musial, number one, he's definitely the most iconic St. Louis athlete ever. Like, and we already went over all of his stats, all the crazy stuff. It's, you know, it's just, it's what it is. Cardinals are probably like a top five historic franchise sports, sports teams in all of the major sports. And he is known as Mr. Cardinal. So, like, yeah. What does that say? Yeah. I, I would compare him to like Babe Ruth to the yeah. Yankees. Yeah. Like, and honestly, probably better than Babe Ruth, like yeah. overall. The babe and the man. Yeah, exactly. Love that. So, yeah, I have a so Plager, Bacchus, Warner, Pujols, Musial, number one. Yeah. And uh, mine were Falk. Federico, Hall, Joyner, Kersey, and Musial, number one. So at least we had one of the same on the list. Yeah, I told you we were going to have vastly See, different lists. And and I think if we, like, so you kind of went for more of the straight-up iconic, like, names. Uh, not necessarily, I was going for more of, like, their player accolades and whatnot. Like, mm-hmm. I think I, I would have had a few of your names on my list. Like, Bobby Plager, I think, is the most known Blue's name, like Bernie Federko, I think even though he was probably the best blue, or you know Bernie Her- Federko or Brett Hull, depending on if you want the way to you look at it, yeah, longevity or points per game and shit like that. Like mm-hmm. one of those two guys were the best blues ever, but like neither of their names will will hang on as long as Bobby Players. I don't think so. I agree with that hundred percent. And and Brett Hall, I mean, like he was the better player, and he's a huge personality, but the guy didn't play like his. The majority of he played the majority of his career here. I think 10, 10 years, or yeah. eleven. But um, yeah. yeah, fuck, he won a cup in Dallas. He won two like, cups after he left. Was it two? Yeah, and he won one with Dallas and, and then Detroit. one with Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's like, like I love Brett Hall and he's a St. Louis legend, but he, I just Bobby Plager, I think would have topped it for me there. Um, my honorable mentions, like I said, we we're I was going more on the accolade thing. Um, Albert Pujols was on there. I think okay. the thing that kept him off for me was the Leaving. the absence of him for the nine or ten years or whatever. Um, Big Mac, Mark McGuire, the seventy home runs. It's something iconic. I thought about having him on my list too. Yeah, I mean he's on my honorable mention. Dude, I, I remember watching that when I was a kid. Like, just I've ne- I never knew there was any value in a newspaper until you saw like that was the first time that I've ever seen like a relic of a newspaper like. And, like, people still have that, like, stored away and, like, framed and shit, dude. Yeah, dude, people's sweet-ass man caves, like, still have it Yeah, in their their man caves and shit. Um, I still have those McDonald's balls. Like, you remember when they had, like, 50, 62, and 70? Yeah, yeah, they're, like, field-based balls, too. Yeah, I still have those. And they have, like, like, the game, like, they describe, like, how he hit the home run and everything. I still have those. That's that's probably a collector's item there, buddy. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that. Yeah, I think I have, I think I have both seventy and sixty-two 
newspapers from my my grandpa kept them. Um, I think they're they're like kind of put away in storage now. But yeah, I mean they're not in like mint condition like some other people's. Like he just had them in a box or something. But still, it's like yeah. it's really cool to have. Um, Kurt Warner was another name. Like I think I talked about that. And then uh, and then I had for for like I said accolade reasons, uh, Barkley Plager. Okay, I like that. My honorable mentions were. And one of them is an off the wall one that I almost put on the list, and it was Jay Bomeister was one yeah. of them on my own because you got to remember his career before he got here. He was a very like he was picked very high, like I think number three overall, and is drafted oh one or oh two, and he uh he he really didn't get any notoriety at all. Like he wasn't really known for anything. The only thing he had done was won a World Junior Championship. That that was it. And, you know, drafted by Florida, then goes to Calgary. And then we trade Chris Russell for him. And then his career just takes off. He's the number one. He, I mean, pretty much held his, however you want to look at it, number one or number two defenseman role here the entire time he was here. Like all, what, six years, seven seasons, whatever it is, however you want to look at it. Um, the number one, if you're the number one defensive defenseman guy on Team Canada for two gold medals, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like that's really good, and it, well, one gold medal was before he came here, but the other one was he or he might not even been on the 2010 team. Now that I think about it, I can't remember exactly. I'm usually really good with that, but I know in tw- in 2014, him and Petrangelo were yeah. the shutdown crew, and that and they were, I mean, they squeezed teams to death, and then also like winning a Stanley Cup, like he completed the triple gold like com- became part of the triple gold club, which is a Stanley cup world junior championship and, uh, and, uh, and, and a Olympic gold medal. He did that all, you know, two out of three of them. He did it while he was here. So yeah. and the other that. one you can't do in the NHL. So, and he, to be honest, he could still be playing. Like if it wasn't for that heart attack, you know, yeah. right before the COVID stoppage, I think you, and he'd probably be pretty damn nearing the end, but yeah, he could yeah. still be playing. I think he valued his life a little bit more than playing, yeah. but I had him. So I had Jay Balmeister. I had Mark McGuire. Um, and then the other one that I had was Isaac Bruce. Cause he was here his entire career did not leave uh, hall of famer, but wasn't really the most flashy guy. Like out of like all those guys that played like Tory Holt was a guy. Uh, Ricky Prohl is another guy that like, you know, was an icon, you know, that one catch against the Buccaneers where he caught it with his fucking armpit basically. Uh, you know, in an 11 to six game, but, and then, you know, obviously Marshall Falk, he was on my, he's also on my honorable mention as well. Yeah. So just to, I mean, this was probably the deepest pool we've had so far out of all of our hall of fame. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was was uh, tough. It was a tough one. That's one where you're like shedding tears. Like, I can't believe I'm leaving the guy off my list. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish, I wish I would have. Going for more of the icon thing than the accolade thing, but yeah, I mean, regardless, I do like my list. I like your list a lot, and that was that was a good list. We're gonna get the graphic together for that one. All right, all under dump and change. I got a long one, buddy, and and for those that want to tune out, we'll, we will save mine for the end. Um, I'm dumping and changing, golfing in pre-winter weather. It's stupid. It's it's the worst. You're paying more. Like on average, like you're probably going to pay more because they're trying to get their last, you know, tee times booked up. Uh, depends on where you play, obviously, but a lot of them are charging a little bit more sometimes. More? Yeah, like we Dude, played. I played, I played Sunday. 
Sunday at like, Innsbruck for 50 bucks. Uh, we, we played at Innsbruck. The last time I played at Innsbruck was like 29 or 35 bucks. But it was, was also it like, on like a, a Tuesday afternoon. It was a something? Thursday afternoon. But. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, I think uh, Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, like prime time. That is like the best tea time of the week. Yeah, that's true. Fifty dollars. Uh, but just the the weather is like a. I just I can't handle the cold, man. And it, and all, not only that, it affects your the way your golf ball flies. So you're just getting pissed percent. off. You're losing like ten percent in distance. Yeah, easily. And yeah, probably with me, I hit the ball like a bitch. So like twenty five percent, I'm probably <laughs> losing. And then I'm just bitching the whole time. So you're drink, and then you have to drink more to figure it about forget about the cold too. So and yeah. Try, yeah, try and warm yourself up. Yeah, exactly. Which it literally does the exact opposite. So. There's that. I will say I luck out. I saw my birthday is November 6th. I luck out almost every year on my birthday and get like a decent weather day, like in the 50s, 60s. Even this year was in like almost 80s. Yeah. And we're talking about like you played on Friday. This was Sunday. It was almost 80 degrees on my birthday. And Mm -hmm. like I played that round at Innsbruck and fantastic round of golf. Um, But uh, yeah, and then I played Tuesday and we had. Decent way. It was a little cooler. It was in the 60s that day, but it was it was. That's perfect. Oh, That's yeah. what you want. You want like 65. You want the California weather when you go golf. Sunny and 60. Want. Yeah, upper yeah. 60s. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I will say the biggest thing that drives me nuts about fall golf is the fucking leaves, dude. Losing That's dude. We, do you know how many leaf leaf rules we had to use the other day? Because like we, we, you see the ball land in play. Like it, it clearly is in play. Like it's in the rough. But you can't find, and also they're not taking care of the greens or the rough or anything as much as they should. As much they, as they should, yeah. Yeah, and like it, so, you're losing balls, and you know we had to. I probably three or four different occasions we had to use the leaf rule because I was like, I'm not fucking looking for this fucking thing. We got daylight, and the, also the daylight thing is the killer part. Yeah, now they get dark at like four forty-five. Yeah, like we were, we started, we teed off at two forty-five. And oh, you'd have to play lightning fast to get. Dude, done. we played. We played. Uh, we finished at five thirty, and it was we couldn't see the ball. Nah. Yeah. That eighteenth hole, I've dude, I've done that exact thing. Like right when it's getting dark, with the eighteenth hole at links, like yep. you're you're relying on like the lights from the clubhouse. To from the clubhouse, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Or get glow in the dark balls. Probably a better <laughs> idea. Yeah, those don't go that far though. Yeah, true. Um, I I will say with like the the cold weather golf thing, like I I came up with like a system, and I don't I don't remember the exact uh, kind of what rules is it? Don't, behind don't, it, but it's like don't do it. It's it's if it's like low forties or no mid, I think forty five and sunny. It has to be forty five and sunny for me to get out and golf, or if it's gonna be like cloudy and windy, it has to be in the low fifties. I like that rule. I should probably start applying like that. Because I think I heard something similar to that from like Ryan Whitney one time. And he kind of said those rules. And he's like, that's unless it's for like a meaningful golf round. That's what it needs to be for me to get out and play golf. And like, dude, he lives in Boston. So like you're really picking and choosing. You think that game. motherfucker's playing in Boston in the wintertime? No, he, he goes down to like for like a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. But uh, yeah, I mean, I. I, like, I started using that one year, and, like, every once in a while, you kind of get a miss on it, but, like, most of the time, like, it works out pretty well. Like, yeah, you dress accordingly, obviously, but, like, I, I don't want to be bundled up like a freaking snowman or, you know, like I'm going out to play in the Like the Michelin snow. man. 
yeah, like the Michelin. There you go. When I'm playing golf, like one little extra layer over the top, and that's all I want to play with. So I want to be able to play with a pullover, like or like a light hoodie. Like that's yeah. the most that I'm going to do. Because other than that, I mean, we're talking about like my swing being affected. Yeah, I've which doubled, it already doesn't need any intrusions anyway. But when I played uh, at Bush Stadium, that thing, I, I doubled up on the pullovers and. And I was hitting good shots, actually. Surprised, I hit one bad shot the whole time on all eighteen shots. But yeah, I mean, it it does. It probably is good for keeping your arms tight because, like, you're not gonna get you're not gonna be able to. Yeah, yeah, like you're not gonna chicken wing anything, you know. All right, um, this might be a little lengthy one, so for anybody that wants to tune out, go ahead. I understand. All right, I'll be back in a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna try and make this as quick as possible. Um, shout out all in dump a change. They're going together. Um, shout out to my three sisters, Amanda, Kelly, and Michelle. Um, I think also my dad and brother and stepmom were all involved, uh, too. Me and my wife turned 30 years old, um, on Sunday and Monday. We're a day apart. Um, you know, we've been looking forward to this 30th birthday for a long time. We planned a trip to the Dominican that, uh, ended up falling through. Like a lot of people had to back out and we just decided it was probably best not to go. Um, so then we tried throwing a little party ourselves, like kind of invited, you know, a handful of friends, but we didn't invite everybody cause we didn't want to spend too much money on it. Um, and then before that party that we did plan for ourselves, I had like a family dinner with my family. We went to, uh, La Tia and Pancho's on main street in St. Charles mm-hmm. had a, a, a nice Mexican, you know, dinner, had some margaritas with the family happy with that and then we were going to go to the rec hall in st charles um as we're getting ready to leave one of my sisters is like hey let's um have another margarita and i'm like oh, okay i mean we don't have a ton of time but i guess we could hurry up and slam one now let's get a picture or something slam that down then we finally get out the door there then we uh we start walking outside and i think we're heading back to the car and as we're heading to the car, my sister again says, hey, let's stop in this bar real quick, uh, Q on Main Street, to get a shot real quick. And I'm like, that's kind of a little strange coming from her. That That's not really something she would normally do. Um, so she's like, yeah, let's let's stop in there and get a shot real quick. I'm like, OK, but let's you know, let's make this quick. And so it's like 615 and. I think our party was supposed to start at 6.30, and I walk in there, and, uh, you know, I open the door, and then over in the corner, I see, like, one person I know, and she's kind of, like, um, she's kind of just sitting off in the side, and I'm like, oh, you know, maybe she's just there getting a quick, like, little pregame drink before she goes to the rec hall or whatever, and then right when I notice her and take my eye off her, I look up, like, this little stair in the private party room, and, dude, there's like 50, 60 people at this place. They just yell, surprise! And, you know, me and my wife, were like, holy shit. I'm like, first off, like I said, there was 50, 60 people there. I didn't even think I knew that many people. <laughs> um, so, and we definitely didn't invite that many people. So for, like, my sisters to, like, they, they hopped on, like, our Facebook page that we made, created their own little Facebook page themselves, and then, like, course yeah. this whole thing and, you know, made sure... And, and, and dude, so th- like I shouted out my three sisters and everything. I'm all in on surprise parties. And for everybody that like knew about this and 
that went and even the few people that weren't able to make it. And I even like talked to like straight up some people outside of this. And I was like, Hey, are you going to be there this weekend? They knew about this other party, but they kept it a secret for me for all these people to keep this a secret for me. Like was one of the coolest things I'm all in on secret surprise parties. Uh, like, thank you so much to everybody for keeping this a secret for me because I've always wanted a surprise party. I'm a big birthday guy. I'm a big about me guy. And of course, you know, I'm sharing it with my wife, but my birthday was a little Yeah, that could get problematic because like <laughs> if you're an all about me guy and you and your wife have like the same birthday pretty much planned all the time, like you're like, oh, fuck, I got to. Yeah, dude, it, it does suck a little bit, but like, you know, I, I it, it sucks a little bit in some ways, but in other ways, like. It's one of the coolest things that we have together. Like we always celebrate our birthday together. We share, you know, our birthday weekend and it's something we've done when do, been doing for 10 years now. And, and I absolutely love it. Um, that party was insane. My, they had like, you know, it catered for us. My sister made this awesome cake and all these extra cupcakes. They rented like a photo booth. I guess it was an open bar for an hour before we even got there. So like everybody there, ready for the surprise like could enjoy themselves for a little bit i don't know if that was planned or not but uh, <laughs> it was an open bar regardless is what as far as i heard but yeah in all seriousness like that was one of the coolest that was the coolest birthday i've ever had you know one of the coolest things to ever happen i will say that was probably the third best day of my life like obviously number one both of the days my kids were born and number two the day i got married but like other than that like dude that was such an incredible day and I, I like I love my sisters so much, love my wife so much for being able to celebrate that with, uh, you know, the two of us together. And I'm all in and 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 shouting them out like, there we go. That's it. Kept it as short as I could. I'm sorry for anybody and for anybody that stuck around to hear it. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, they, they deserve it. They did a great job and one of the coolest birthdays I've ever had. Shout out. Shout out to the sisters. Yes. Love that. Love it. You know, what's funny is like, so I had family stuff going on this weekend or the, that weekend. Mm-hmm. I couldn't come out, but, uh, the, the Facebook group was hilarious because you guys had the thing at rec hall. And so Facebook, like, yeah, so Facebook group, they're like, are they going to change? Are they going to, who's going to cancel their rec hall? Right. <laughs> so we got added into that group, like after the party happened, obviously. And we got to yeah. see like, the comments and posts and everything in there is so funny to see but like yeah so originally we were supposed to do it at like ethel's but then we decided like we couldn't rent out the area at ethel's or like it was going to cost way too much money or something so like we ended up figuring out about uh rec hall and so like yeah i guess like when we made the decision to switch it to that then they're all like posting on there like um, the oh <laughs> so who's gonna figure this out <laughs> and, yeah yeah so we got refunded our money for that that was really cool and uh, dude, it was it was incredible. That's awesome, dude. I'm glad that you guys had a good 30th. It was fantastic. Like uh, I always wanted it, and it finally happened. So I rest peace. <laughs> <laughs> Your 31st is gonna be even better. I'll no, bet. my 31st is gonna blow, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be in bed. You're gonna be in bed by 7:45. And <laughs> right. You'll have a glass of wine and like a sliver of cheese, and you'll go to sleep. Right. Right. <laughs> what about you? You got a shout out this week, man. Yeah, I'm gonna shout out Corey Scharf. Uh, he, so we, me and my roommate James have, I mean, willingly just helped him out. Like he's like, you know, randomly because this kid. By the way, Corey, you move more often than anyone I've ever met, and you move shit around in your house. 
And th- this kid's just like, he's very ambitious. Like he likes to like do things in his house without thinking about it first. And then he'll like call us and we'll be like, what the fuck do you need help with now? So like, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, we've like, I, I helped him move like this fucking old swing set, helped him till his yard and like, you know, not expecting anything out of it. I've known the, you know, me and James have known Corey since we were kids. Real quick, this is coming from the guy that I think has moved four times in the two years that I've known him. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but uh, he's got a family, dude. I'm, I'm moving. Oh, me. Jesus! Yeah. I'm moving me. He's got ki- he's got three kids. Like, yeah. so like you know, like James cuts his grass and stuff like that, and you know, a bunch of other stuff. And you know, we were like talking about golfing on Friday and he's like, you know what, for all you guys have done for me over the last like, you know, year or two years, you know, I'm going to pay for you guys to golf. Nice. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to take you out. And I was like, dude, you don't have to do that. And he was like, no, 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 no. Like I want to like, that's, that's, I, it, that's the least that I can do for you guys. So shout out to Corey Scharf. Great guy. Um, it's probably the, I mean, I'm not slandering you at all, but he's probably the best dad that I know oh. besides my own. Like he's, he's just a, he's a great dude, man. He's all, he's awesome. I've known him for a long time and he's is as much of a dick as he can be. Sometimes he's, he's a great guy. You gotta he's, have he's, a little bit of dick for one of your best friends. Dude, I mean, this is, this is the same guy that I was telling you about that was like, Oh yeah, you guys can do a two V one scramble against me. I'm like, you fucking dickhead. Like <laughs> we're not that bad. Like you, you think we're that bad. And, uh, but no, he's, he's awesome. And me and him kind of have that relationship where we, we talk shit and, and you know, whatever else it just happens like that, but that's just how it is. It's but awesome, shout, shout out Corey and shout out Joe sisters. Shout out, shout out. And shout out to us for having a great episode. Hey, and you know what? One more little shout out. Shout out to you, man. Happy Veterans Day last week, last Friday. Thank you. I appreciate that. Shout I out to all it. the veterans. I pre- yeah, yeah. Happy fucking, yeah. Happy for the veterans. troops. For the troops. I fucking did nothing, but uh, for the people you that actually. golf? No, 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 no. I meant like it, like in time in the military, stuff oh. like that. So um, did, didn't really do much, but for the people that actually did, you know, like really lay their lives on the line. And even the people that don't. You know, that, that it's uh, Veterans Day is huge. And I mean, the, the amount of discounts that people don't get for stuff, like just like on a daily basis, like why do we have to take one year or one day a year to celebrate veterans? You know, why yeah. is that a thing? I've always kind of wondered that 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 kind of irks me, but I, I kind of get it. It's to say I, I feel that about all holidays, though. Like why? Why do once a year is like when we have to, like, get with our families and have dinner together like we're gonna do next thursday oh i'm down for more thanksgivings every year dude i would do that every week once like a month I, yeah once a week i do yeah. it on my own i do it on my own all the time like i, I could eat a whole meal like that i could eat a whole turkey myself for God's shout sake. out shout out to my mom she made me chicken and dumplings this sunday invited me over to her house which oh was my god Dude. chicken and dumplings oh they're so good they're not as good as her mom's my grandma's little little side dab in my mom but uh, oh boy yeah <laughs> but my, mom, my mom's a close second they were great chicken and dumplings are the best man they're fucking awesome all right so Ready good episode yeah shout out to shout out to us for having a good episode yes. uh and uh, one more shout out and we're, I'm, I'm gonna speak for both of us shout out to the blues they're up I mean, three to oh, two against Colorado with five minutes left. Yeah, let, like, let's go, man. Come on, we we can't be any happier than this. This is a this is a this is probably the first time we've been positive since their third win. Yeah, 
So it's it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to be like this. It's kind of nice I, to be happy. I think Colorado you know? has 40 shots on goal. So shout out to Jordan Bennington for uh, being a brick wall tonight, too. I think your uh, preseason prediction is coming true. I think they're going to really depend on him. So Yeah. So that's coming true. Our but, defense uh, is not, uh, not what it once was. Yeah. yeah. Let's say that again. All right, dude, let's get out of here. Uh, for one, want to thank everybody for listening, uh, and thank you for being with us. If you are listening, I know we've been on hiatus for two weeks, uh, but a lot of stuff goes on. Life happens. We don't do this for a living. This is I a got hobby. kids, man. Yeah, we got fucked them kids, man. Uh, no, <laughs> not really, not really. JJ and Maddie are great. Um, but uh, thank everyone for, or thank you everybody for listening and following along with us, and hopefully you guys stick with us. Uh, We will be back next week, and we will uh, talk to you then. Peace.